What's up, guys, and welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 182, and it's me, Matt Whitmore, with... Me, Keris. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. We're hoping for a run this morning, aren't we? In the pouring rain. In the pouring rain, yeah. A very soggy start to the week. It yeah. is a Monday morning as of this recording, and... But that said, it's done. You do feel good. I feel you like do. I've, um, I don't, you know, there's something like about coming back from a workout where it has been against all odds. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Dark, absolutely chucking down by the end of the run, wasn't it? We were all soaked. We were, I was running with a friend, you were doing your intervals. I was doing some intervals, yeah. But then you shower up and you just feel quite judged. I do feel like, I don't know, like in, in a way, like it, this shouldn't matter, but it does. I feel like there's something about training on a Monday Monday morning especially, because I feel like it sets the tone for the week. Oh, for me, it's just like a mood game changer as well. Yeah, I mean, you like, you know, have hated Mondays for as long as I've known you. <laughs> it's like ingrained. Um, I don't know, I can't get rid of that thought. But My, my goal is to earn enough money so that Keris doesn't have to work Mondays. <laughs> and, uh, but then, I'll, probably, I'll probably achieve it just before we're about to retire. But, <laughs> but the problem is, we actually had a Sunday off yesterday, so sometimes we do work. We're quite enjoying our work at the moment, aren't we? And we, we'll go and pitch somewhere nice at the weekend, like a yeah. nice coffee shop, and we'll just do some stuff, especially creative things. It's always quite nice to do. But yesterday we promised ourselves a day off, didn't we? Yeah. And we were absolutely useless. I know. And we were just kind of trudging around. It's a weird one. It's like, I, I know what the problem is. You can't go from top gear to, like, first gear you know, just because you've you, you, like you've decided you're having a day off, but your brain, th- there's a lag, do you know what I mean? And it still but, wants to be in top gear. I've, but then physically we were tired. We were com- almost like walking yeah, around the town going, right. it, what should we do? It had been a busy week. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like not been sleeping great because I'm stressed. I'm stressed <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't manage stress very well. Well, I do, but just... Basically, can't sleep because yeah. I'm sure everyone can relate that your brain runs at about 500 mile an hour yeah. as your head hits the pillow. It's yeah. perfect timing, isn't it? Um, so I think the week kind of catches up with you. But I also feel, and tell me if you guys can relate to this. Like, I don't think they can actually tell you, but they might say it out loud. They can. They can, write, they can <laughs> slide into my DMs. Uh, um, they can write me a letter. <laughs> yeah, old school. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's almost like you say we're going to have a day off. And, and you say, oh, I'm not going to do anything today. But then there's this weird feeling of like, I don't know, almost like a pressure to be doing something or an element of feeling guilty for not doing something. Yeah. And, and it's almost like as a result, you don't actually enjoy doing nothing because... You're in this halfway house. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, like no, oh, we should, we should have plans. We should go somewhere. We should do something. Whereas yeah, because yeah, yeah. we also try not to do any domestics because sometimes we'll be like, right, we're not going to work, but then we end up like... Yeah, should we clean the house? Yeah, basically, or clear out the cupboards or like make start on some jobs at home, gardening and stuff. And that feels nice, but you don't, you're not resting either. You know, you're still doing. But then like we were like, we, what we should have done really is, I mean, we always like like our Sunday morning walk with, with Hamish, don't we? But we're like... Do you know what? Like, why don't we just come back, put our jammers on, <laughs> and read the papers, and read the papers, watch or watch a, or watch a film? Yeah, like, yeah. why not? And it's weird how we almost like because there's nothing wrong with doing that. I know. I but guess it's I almost like we like, don't we don't like allow ourselves to do it. Part of me feels like it's a waste, but then I look at the alternative. <laughs> we went into um, this department store here called Phoenix. We went in there just for a little wonder, mainly because it's the only place that they allow dogs in, which is lovely. A lot of places don't now allow dogs, do they? 
Um, yeah. But you found me just at the makeup counter having a makeover done because I was like, she was like, do you want me to see your makeup? And I was like, we might as well. Yeah, but I'd already <laughs> had bloody five laps of the store. I couldn't find you. And then next year, you like just sat down on a chair having your brows done. I was like, oh, all right, there you are. <laughs> it was, yeah, but it was... Uh... <laughs> and then I was like, she was trying to sell me all this stuff. And I was like, you're lucky if I brush my hair most days. And I, and she spent so long making doing my brows and doing like at least good few minutes just faffing around with blusher and I was like I just don't have time I just pinch my cheeks that's like I'll give myself a little pat on the cheek and then but you know you know you might sound biased but you do look gorgeous without makeup oh thank you oh thank you interestingly she was saying um that she's trying not to wear makeup because it's actually get, making her skin really bad mm. and, I, and she said it's kind of really hard working on a makeup counter where they want you to wear the brand and everything but she's like because she was saying to me, do you wear makeup every day? And I was like, no, I, I've like a history of acne where I used to wear it all the time yeah. and now I had really bad skin. But I said, now, even just a couple of days of makeup, I'll get spots. So I just, and I wear the like, a very like natural makeup as well. It's like thinking, oh, does that make a difference? It doesn't, it's just blocking pores, like skin needs to breathe. And that's what she was saying. Um, just how much, like, we, you know, we put a lot of product, and we've talked about this before, but you put a lot of products on the skin, but actually it's kind of, you know, your diet, your hydration, it's there's mm. so many, make, these are the factors that make yeah. quite a big difference to your skin. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think I just wanted someone to make me look pretty. <laughs> so, and then she's like, buy this stuff. And I was like, no, I'll just never use it. So, yeah. But you did buy it. Well, I did out of politeness, but then I said to you, I'll probably take it back tomorrow because <laughs> I'm just never going to use it. I think that's where men and women differ, though. I mean, there's lots of areas men and women differ, but, <laughs> you know, like I never feel an obligation to buy something in those scenarios where you're quite Keris is quite terrible like even in like a something more low key where you're in a shop and someone's come and helped you with some stuff then it's like oh Keris I've got to buy it now because yeah. they, they've helped me it gets worse <laughs> do you remember um, whereas I'm the, I look like the bad guy going no no, no. we don't need it like, do you remember we walked past on. this um, there's like a really lovely Italian um, it's like an Italian deli that's yeah. set up in the shopping centre. The shopping centre, because it's basically everyone, every, all the shops have closed, so they're kind of doing like these small little local businesses can come in. And there was this shop owner and no one was in the shop and he looked really sad and he had some Italian music playing and he was singing and I was like, we have to go in the shop and we have to buy something. Like, it was like to support local. Yeah, you were like, let's get And he was something. great and he was telling me about how to cook the Italian sausage and stuff, so it was nice, but... But I you're... literally saw him and I was like, I have to go in the shop because it looks sad. And then when I was in there, loads of people came in. So it was just, just me <laughs> over-identifying with the, with the Italian but man. what was interesting, though, is you went in and then very sh- shortly afterwards, about another four or five people went into the shop. Yeah, maybe and then I looked in and it was like, oh, there's like quite a crowd in there now. Yeah. I do want to support benches like that, you know, because he was really passionate and he, you could tell he'd gone out of his way in terms of getting some really good Italian produce in. Yeah. And he was just telling me... You know, I'm terrible. I was in like, I know nothing when it comes to cooking. I was like, how would you have that? And then he was like, just as I cook it in olive oil, he went, no oil, no oil. Literally just the sausage in the pan and just a bit of salt. And, you know, I don't know, it's nice. Which reminds me, still in the fridge. Yes. Yeah. So it's for you. I, I got, got that, that for me, my, my brunch. And I today. got some sun dried tomato, passata. It was sauce. all lovely stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, it is tough because you do really want to support local businesses, don't you? I was thinking about this yesterday, like a new coffee shop has opened and <laughs> yet another coffee shop in Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> um, to be fair, really lovely coffee, but it was okay. very quiet for for a Sunday and it's, I don't know, you just feel like, God, it's 
it is hard. It is hard running a... I mean, it's hard running a business full stop, you know? Like, I was going to say, it's changing um, so much, isn't it? I think, like, human behaviour is changing so much. There's been, obviously, the shift of, like, more people working from home. So I think a lot of businesses in, in kind of cities and town yeah. centres are suffering and as a result of that, food-to-go services. But then... And also, I think, in lockdown, even um, the number of businesses that have told me this, that we got... We changed so many behaviours in lockdown, even in terms of investing in our own, like, coffee mm. machines and got used to that that we're just not spending as much money and obviously cost of living crisis and things like that i yeah it's a really hard time but and even us as an online business we were saying there's so such a big difference in terms of social media now and what we have to do and you know if you do this then your post is hidden if you if it's not you know a video or real there's definitely like a kind of patterns and things that, that so we're kind of being told how we should what you know like the content of our social media and that, that's really frustrating I think as a business it's never you know when I speak to my dad about it he's like God, oh, I just don't even know what yeah. it just wasn't how we ran businesses like 20-30 years ago you know it was so much more oh god I think logical things and, have changed like drastically like yeah. when you think of like Facebook Instagram and whatnot like it was never you know it never started as a as a platform for businesses to, for, for business as such it was very much a personal thing wasn't it where yeah. you would share like your photos or your videos and, and whatever and but but no things have changed a lot and just as an observation it's like you know we often talk about like nostalgia and I don't know what it is about this time of year as well but I really crave oh, of course. Like, nostalgia it's, do you know what I mean the like, kind of the sprint to Christmas I say sprint it used to be like a lovely you know like you had Halloween and bonfire night and autumn yeah. and like this massive shift in season changes, the darker nights and and you could really start to get excited about, yeah, basically kind of Christmas, seeing family and stuff. I think it's always been, but it just shoots by now, doesn't it? Now yeah. it has become a sprint. And plus yeah. we're encouraged to start it like way earlier, which is, um, you know, again, all about kind of consumerism and spending more money and yeah. eating more crap, essentially, like eat crap for longer, and, <laughs> which is a bit sad. But sorry, go on, you're going to say you, no, you feel nostalgic. Yeah, like, and I kind of like really like look back at like the old times, if you will. And we had this chat the other day, didn't we? Because there was a post I saw on social media about Blockbuster, Blockbuster Video. Yeah. And it, I was looking at the comments, and there was this whole like 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 thread of people saying, like, "Oh man, like the excitement you used to feel at the thought of like a Friday night going to Blockbusters, you know, and either getting like some films or some new like computer games and a pizza on the way home." And then everyone was just like, oh, man, like the best times. And I thought, people say that. And I, I went straight back there. I was like, God, I honestly, I could spend ages in Blockbusters trying to find like a video that I want to watch that night. But do you, know, do you know what's interesting about that process, though, is to leave Blockbuster video, you were forced to make a decision and commit to it. And I think one of the problems now is we sit at home and scroll through all the options we never commit to anything. There's too much choice. We've said too, this before, way too much choice. Well, to be fair, you could say the same for Blockbuster Video. Like, there's, like, untold... No, but you had to make a decision to get oh, home. Oh, yeah. Do you see what I mean? So you well, were forced yeah, yeah. to commit to, to a to choice. Leave, to leave the shop. Yeah, yeah, basically. And I think that's, like... There's a lot of things that I think the human brain needs. And uh, there's many environments now that are very, kind of, I think, destructive and detrimental to the human brain. And one is just having... Uh, like copious amounts of choice and then no deadline to making a decision yeah. to see what I mean. And I think this is a problem with everything from like food to, I mean, food, uh, your hunger determines that in the end you have to make a choice. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But like watching a film, you can spend all night just scrolling and trying to decide what oh, to God, watch. We, we've done that so many times. And if you we? get bored, you can turn it off. And I think just, 
interestingly, on the subject of nostalgia, I've, um, for some reason, I don't know what... Oh, no, I know why. Well, let me just say what I was going to oh, say. Oh, sorry, go on, I'll interrupt you. What I was going to say was, is that, you know, like some of the comments were like, oh, you know, bring blockbusters back. Like, I'd love it if stuff like this came back. But at the end of the day, like, actions speak louder than words, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, Like, there's a reason blockbusters went out of business. And it's because I think as much as we say, oh, you know, oh, I wish I wish blockbusters were still around or... I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I probably would be one of those people that would go well, to the video shop. You say that, you get home on a Friday night, you're exhausted, it's been a really long week, it's raining outside, it's a 10, 15-minute walk oh, it, to block the video, do you know oh, what I mean? It's like... Weather-dependent, do <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and this is like local businesses, I think, are so vulnerable to this, where you go, oh, I'll just deliver it, I'll just Amazon it up because... Yeah. I'm tired. And, and and a lot of friends that we have, and we do this as well, like try not to use those convenient options, but sometimes the week just beats you, doesn't it? Yeah, and you're just no, like, sure. oh, it's got, I'm going to go for convenience. And I, I really hate myself for doing that. But where possible, obviously, like, you know, we make the better choices yeah. and, and support the businesses. But just but that's go back to... It's hard though, isn't it? What, what, but going back to what you were saying as well, just about the brain, I, I think it's also really interesting. I, um, I've got... <laughs> for some reason I was googling I love mashups don't I I keep saying to yeah. you mashups are basically when you know you take two songs and put them together and it really when when it's like two of your favourite songs it's really cool because it's like a new version it's a new mix of your favourite song and when I'm training quite a lot and running I'll make playlists the night before and it's such a game changer I can't tell anyone how much if you love music like spend a bit of time doing your playlist a new playlist the night before yeah. has always meant a better run for me the next day. And it even gets me out the door because I'm like, oh, I've got that playlist that I'm really looking forward you know, to listening to. Do you know what I'm really enjoying right now, though? What? Running with no music. You listen to podcasts, though, don't you? I listen to podcasts sometimes or audiobooks because okay. I just find it really, like, distracts me. But I've got, I don't know, I've got this thing where I'm almost like, like, I have to be with my thoughts oh, on gosh. a run. I would rather be very far from my thoughts than yeah, but <laughs> my but, thoughts but, are not but, that but, interesting. <laughs> But that's the thing. I think sometimes it's like you've, I don't know, like, you know, we, we, we seek escape, right? And, and I think we need to escape a bit. But we also do need to face stuff as well. And I feel like sometimes a run for me... Clears your head. ...is an opportunity to do that. Yeah. To almost, like, be like, right, there's this thing and I'm going to use this run now to to work through this thing. Yeah, fair enough. You know? I don't know, yeah, I, I've always run, like for 20 years I've run to music and it's almost like my, it's like my, it's, I heard a friend say this, it's like the gym is a, is like she gets a disco going on in her head and yeah. it's like it's like an, a clubbing days but this time she's just lifting weights instead yeah. and that's what it's like for me. Like a run is like when I would have gone out dancing to this stuff as a teenager whereas now I don't. It's like an element of movement to music yeah. that gives me that high, that endorphin rush. <laughs> so for me, it's a chance to, otherwise I don't know when else I'd listen to that much music. I yeah. do listen to quite a lot of music when I work, but I found, um, just to kind of wind back, I'd found, I started Googling 80s mashups and anyone who's got YouTube, just do this. And it's so amazing. Like some people have put like an 80s tune with a noughties tune and stuff. And I was playing yeah. some to you, weren't I? And I was like, it's so clever how they've done it. Like, <laughs> You know, like Bruno Mars with Michael Jackson. Some you cannot tell the difference, can you? You can't even see where one ends. But some have got like five tracks, like Eurythmics with ACDC and Run DMC. It's really, I don't know, I'd love to be able to do that I mean, one some, some didn't work, though, some did didn't they? Work, there no. was one with like Snoop Dogg <laughs> and it was just a bit like... Uh, yeah, it was like it was like um, another episode, would it? And it was like, but sped up, and Snoop Dogg was like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, nah, nah, this one, this one ain't working. <laughs> Actually, one was Wham mixed with, I can't think what it was. And I remember thinking it didn't work that well. Um, but anyway... I I found one that was amazing and I was in the gym on the treadmill and I was actually playing the video and because it was all 80s, they'd, they'd mashed together five 80s tracks like Tears of Fears and everything. It was just so good. But with the, you know, the song, jump. Yeah. So that was like the theme all the way through and they pick songs where they say the word jump. Jump, yeah, it was like... And, and then in the video, it was basically all the 80s aerobics, you know, the, yeah. the, that everyone used to do in the leotards and then also the singer, when he, every time he said jump, he was doing like a high kick on stage. But I watched it and I can't tell you how much it was like nostalgia. So I was getting yeah. this lift of like, I love this track. And I was like, oh my God, they're mixing this one. And then a new one comes in, then a new one comes in. And then I'm watching my favorite like 80s stuff because they had like Night Rider clips coming in yeah. and He-Man. And I was getting, oh my God. So it's like this really amazing thing to watch as you were like on a treadmill, just to liven up the treadmill because I think it was like raining outside and we'd gone to the gym. But um one of the first comments, because I love then reading the comments to see if other people enjoyed it as much as me. It's just, a, I don't know, it just lifts you when people are like, this yeah. just taps into my like childhood and stuff. And you read like people put their memories up. It's quite nice. But one of the first comments was like, this totally satisfies my ADHD. And it made me laugh because I think all of us to some degree have a level of ADHD now. Yeah. So attention deficit. Uh, or, I know, um, I know <laughs> Chris Gresser calls it attention spread disorder. Because we're so overstimulated with yeah. so much choice and so many things to do and so many options that we then seek multiple options all the time. Yeah. And the fact that the tune changed every 30 seconds really appealed to the fact that I want something new. I want something new. Yeah. I want something new. Although sometimes it was quite frustrating. You when, didn't like it. Yeah, you were like, oh, I like well, that. Well, like you're getting into one. You're like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then all oh, it's like, next one. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. damn it. Like, st- why don't you stay here just a little bit longer? But I have a lot of clients contact me with who are concerned about you know, that kind of attention and, and I don't think I have ADHD. And I, I don't doubt some people will be diagnosed with it, but I've done those questionnaires and I completely, like, tick all the boxes for mm. it. But I just, and I, like, if you ever come to my laptop, there'll be at least 35 screens over. Oh, it's chaos. <laughs> but Absolute chaos. I, I also know how to... Mine as well. I mean, like... Yeah, yeah, it's because just... it's, it's very addictive. But I also know, like, one of the best things I can do is... Like I've started to see like caffeine makes me worse. Um, certain environments, I'm actually better in a really noisy environment, and I'm terrible in a quiet environment. Working at home is so bad for me. Yeah. Put me in a coffee shop full of people and noise, and I can concentrate. Yeah. And my dad's like, I don't understand that at all, and I'm like, No, I'm not, not sure I do, but it just makes me focus. It forces me to focus, and then music similarly will force me to focus. And so it's it's kind of interesting, I think, how how attention works a little bit. And I say this just because I've had some people really upset that they've been diagnosed with it. And and I just think all of us are getting it to some degree. I just Mm. think it's a spectrum. And some people are going to be more severe than others. Um, And some things, but there's so many things that we could actually do. It's just having the discipline to do them. Like it it really is. If I ever do go, sorry, I'm going to work at home today. I then have to accept that I'm going to be less productive sometimes. And literally, I'll be like hoovering with one hand, typing with another, and like watching TV or something. Like it's insane yeah, how much it's true, though, my brain right? wants to do all these different things. And I guess at home, no one's looking at you. Whereas I, sh- I hire an office now, so if I'm hiring an office, I have to sit still and work. Yeah, um, that works really well for me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> I can't hoover the office. No, <laughs> the co-working. I, I, they'd space. probably be very grateful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, weirdly, I mean, I, I prefer working in a coffee shop. I prefer being out of the house. Like, we always said this, didn't we, that, like, 
it's like we want our home to be our home. Yeah. Not not associated with work. Um, but weirdly, like I, I set up a desk in my bedroom and I don't know, I just ain't feeling it. Like I, I, I was using it, but I was like, this is my bedroom. And yeah, I don't know, it just doesn't seem right. Whereas like I always said I didn't want to work in the living room because that's the place that we chill and relax. But this is where I actually find myself working. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not ideal, but I mean, the main reason I don't work in a coffee shop now is I just want to save money because <laughs> I'll end up spending like 15 quid on, on just coffee. On yeah, coffee, yeah. and it's just, it's too much. Like, um, but also, I think you have like phases across the day when it comes to like concentration. I think one of the hardest things is we force ourselves to concentrate for too long a time mm. and don't give ourselves enough breaks. But I was saying to you, I like get this real kind of, you know, rush of dopamine when I know that I'm going to finish by five. And you will, I will be so productive yeah. from like three till five. Because I'm like, yeah, but I finish at five. Just like at the end of my run, I get faster. Yeah. Always oh, get yeah. faster. When the end's inside. And I can just do this last like judge of, of kind of energy or whatever it might be. And it's the same with like attention. I'll just <laughs> suddenly get really focused, laser-like. But it's like that typical thing of give give someone a week to achieve something and they'll take a yeah, week. Yeah, Parkinson's give law, isn't it? Two, two hours and you'll do it in two hours. Like I'm well, definitely... To be fair, I think ironically... That's why we were so flat on Sunday because we were so determined to get everything done. We were like, let's get everything done so we don't have to do anything on Sunday. We haven't got any work to do on Sunday. And I think as a result, we end up just being bloody knackered. And... That's true, yeah. <laughs> so it kind That's of worked true. against us in the end. Yeah, yeah. But then saying that, we we were very bad of going... We had this like routine on a Sunday where we'd like we'd get up, we'd go for a lovely walk together, which is nice, and then we'd like, all right, let's do a couple of hours of work. That just make your week easier. Yeah, well, just like kind of admin stuff. And, and we used to actually quite enjoy that to a degree. But the only thing was is that the two hours were very rarely two hours. It would often be three, sometimes four, and then it's a big chunk of your day kind of gone, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so I think what I've learned here is that we need to either commit to doing nothing <laughs> and own it, yeah. You know, and, or I think and find ch a film. Ch change our environment completely and or, go and drive to the seaside. That's what I mean, or, or yeah. make plans, actually yeah, yeah. make plans, because we're just not very good at going, what should we do today? Leave it to chance. Where should we go? <laughs> you know, let's, let's plan something. Oh, what a quandary. Yes. Um, but it's enough chit chat. That's a lot of chit chat. That was a lot of chit chat. Um, let's get down. Let's well, get we gonna, down. Today let's get down we were going to, to do a. A bit of a, an intro to the session, the next podcast with Tommy Wood. Yeah, so we got Dr. Tommy Wood on the next episode, which weirdly we recorded before this one. So I can already tell you it's going to be amazing. It's a retro. So this is a retro. Well, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But this no. is a, it's like, yeah, it's like we've, been, we've been to the future. Yeah, <laughs> we can tell you. We've been to the future. It was a great episode. <laughs> You've got to love it. Um, but no, it was good because we haven't had um, Dr. Tommy Wood on the the podcast for a while now it's been it's just been a while since we spoke to him we yeah were, it's kind of weird i like, can't believe it's been years yeah that's well it hasn't been years because we were in touch with him obviously but, but yeah since we, but spoke we haven't had him, him on the podcast yeah. yeah um but he i mean we cover a fair few things in the episode with with dr tommy wood uh it's weird isn't it like it just doesn't it wouldn't feel right saying dr wood don't know why it's always <laughs> got to be dr tommy wood dr tommy wood um i like but, that i like that as he's become more and more of a He's obviously more and more people are aware of his work and he's yeah. like had papers published that he hasn't decided he's got to be Dr. Thomas Wood. He's not decided that. No. He's still Tommy Wood. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Do you his na actual name is Thomas? And he's just rolled on with Tommy. Birth, on or... his birth certificate. Yeah, I must ask him that. Check. 
never really thought. But um, he did touch on cholesterol, and we thought we would do a bit of a pre. Well, actually, okay, just to kind of rewind, the session with Tommy Wood in the next podcast, I decided to ask him all the things. There's quite a lot of shifting going on at the moment in terms yeah. of people are backtracking on. One I forgot to ask him about was omega-3 supplementation, but I think I know what his answer would have been anyway, so I could probably <laughs> say we can discuss omega-3s today. Um, but there's also been a bit of a change on um, seed oils, fasting. So a lot of this stuff ends up you know, it's just nice to get his take on it. So I'm seeing a lot of um, kind of big names in nutrition and nutrition science, like really change position. And I just wanted to know like where Tommy was with all of those. So that's what we did. We asked him some questions on um, things like cholesterol and heart disease, and then also um, cardio, which cardio is back in fashion now, isn't it? Everyone's doing zone two all the time. So yeah, I just wanted to say like, where are you with all of this stuff? Has it changed anything that he's doing personally or any kind of recommendations that he makes? But on the topic of kind of cholesterol and heart disease, um, what we thought we would do today is just like a little bit of a primer, I suppose, like a, you know, a bit more of a, an explanation of, so so that people understand it. Um, Again, because I think Tommy dives straight in and he's like ABOB and LDL and it can get, yeah. yeah. And I think hopefully the, the takeaway um, from the podcast is like, you know, most people don't need to be worrying about eggs and, and meat and things like that that have that reputation, but there are certain foods and certain diets for sure where mm-hmm. we may be kind of increasing um, cholesterol. And, and the big question is, is that a problem? So again, yeah. that's what I wanted to talk about today. But also to give it like a little bit of an idea of where, where did this all come from? And what's really interesting is it's no matter how many times you can read, I've re- read so many papers, randomized control trials and stuff that say, you know, saturated fat is not associated with heart disease. You do not need to worry about cholesterol. And then you get your test results back. This is kind of basically what happened to me. And I'm like, okay, my cholesterol is now really high. Um, this happened when I went really low carb and I couldn't help but go like, oh, I've done some gene testing and I kind of know that I'm basically um one of my kind of gene types is at higher risk of a lot of chronic um inflammatory diseases it's not given that you would get it but um i'm what's called an apoe4 so i'm like oh is this is this kind of relevant to me should i there's also been a question mark whether we have something called familial hypercholesterolemia where we respond we have like a hyper response to cholesterol in our food because my mum and dad saw this giant jump in their cholesterol which I, i ended up booking a session with tommy and getting them to have a chat like do we need to be worried about this? Yeah. Because theirs is like pretty much doubled on having dairy back in their diet. Yeah. And uh, and that's what I kind of wanted to run by him. So um, I thought we could do like a little bit of a, what I was kind of getting at there is it doesn't matter how many times you read the papers, you still go back to that old school mentality of like, yeah, but I'm a, is the fat clogging my arteries? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. It's like, it's just really interesting. And I heard, this is a great quote by Chris Cresso actually recently who said, um, just because 50,000 people say a daft thing, it doesn't mean that it's not a daft thing. And I think one of the problems is there's still a huge majority of people talking about um, meat and eggs like they are causes of heart yeah. disease. And we definitely know that's not the case now. But you're, And even from an ancestral perspective, you're a bit like, but we evolved on this food for like, yeah. you know, thousands of years. And the big change has been the processed food that yeah. we're now seeing this big jump in all these chronic diseases. But you can still be triggered by the fact that some really brilliant scientists still insist that people should give up cholesterol in their diet, which is only found in animal products. 
And you're like, well, he's a cardiologist, yeah, but like, you know. So we, but, we always, I always like the example of like breast milk. Oh, in terms of like the macros of breast milk, or well, like the with the amount of cholesterol and uh, saturated fat that's in, in saturated breast milk. Fat that's yeah, in breast yeah. milk. And yeah, it's, it's like, like well, Mother Nature designed. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah it's absolutely. Like, but but yeah, so go on then. What, what, <laughs> so, what's so, happening? Yeah, so I thought it'd be good to kind of go back in terms of the history of it, which is really interesting. I'm not going to go. There's like a timeline of events, and if anyone wants to, when go was on, cholesterol invented? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if Who want, invented cholesterol? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who discovered it? Um, it is literally like from kind of like the early 1900s onwards that we start to see what we call atherosclerosis, which is the formation of plaque in the arteries. And yeah. um, and then they start to realise that one of the components within the plaque is cholesterol. But this is where this huge jump was made about this, well, cholesterol's found in food. So if cholesterol ends up in the arteries, then surely food is contributing and too much of certain types of food are making are leading to this buildup of plaque. It's kind of a sensible thing, isn't it? But one of the biggest issues, if anyone wants to geek out on this, I think one of my favourite um, people to listen to is Tim Noakes. And he was um, a doctor who was actually from South Africa and was struck off for giving some advice on Twitter um, about uh, weaning a baby, actually. And I can't, I can't remember what the context was, but he gave the advice of, you know, essentially going back to an ancestral diet and doing a kind of high fat, low carb right. weaning uh, plan. And then lots of people jumped on this and said, this is like very responsible. And he had this like year, like years and years legal battle wow. to get his name cleared, which he has done. And in the meantime, he was kind of going away and reading lots of papers. So he's done quite a lot of work with CrossFit communities where he provided like a timeline of what happened in terms of the events, the scientists, what they discovered and the studies that were done and how he came to these conclusions. And then he does it as like a column. In the second column, he, he actually puts what was the, the shit that was going on in the, like really. And it's really interesting because it'd be like a president dies of a heart attack. And so the, the, the president who follows him in America decides that they've got to have some kind of campaign on heart health and, like, the problem is the fat. And and then it's like in the background you see that actually the president had diabetes and that's probably yeah. why he had a heart attack. Insulin resistance is a massive factor here. Yeah. Not the not the eggs, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he gives the kind of what was going on in reality and then what was the kind of thing that we're, we're led to believe. So it's really helpful. So Tim Noakes, and he's on lots of different CrossFit sites doing that if you want to look that up. But really, one of the things was with, there was various different scientists involved in, in kind of establishing why, you know, what's going on with this, this plaque formation in the arteries. And it was the most kind of famous person involved in it is, in, is a guy called Ansel Keys. He also did, do you remember the Minnesota starvation study? Yeah. Where he had to starve a population and then refeed them. And he was involved in trying to look at this kind of heart health hypothesis, which is that possibly... Uh, dietary fat, but especially kind of cholesterol and saturated fat were the cause of this black plaque buildup in the arteries. One of the problems was he already had a hypothesis. So he had this theory that that was going to be the case. It caused it. Right. And a good scientist, and this is why there's been tons of discussion since, a good scientist should start out setting up an experiment to disprove their belief, their hypothesis, their personal bias. And that wasn't the case at all. So he took all this kind of population data from all of these different countries and then he cherry-picked the ones where it looked like people that ate meat had heart disease, right. high risk of heart right. disease. And then he basically presented that. Right. Um, what was also kind of going on in the background here is um, two very famous individuals, I can't remember their first names, but their surnames were Procter and Gamble. 
um, were also developing alternatives, which were basically vegetable oils and vegetable oil products and margarines and things that could be used in the household instead, and really trying to educate housewives that this is the type of fat that you should be feeding your family, mm. your husband, you're very archaic, to lower their risk of heart disease. So this campaign was going on in the background and there's a big transfer of like over a million dollars to the American Heart Association from Procter & Gamble. It's dodgy as like mm. when you step back and look at it, it's like, okay, so these, these kind of entities were set up like the American Heart Association that should protect the public in terms of knowing, giving them nutrition advice that's going to, it's science-based and it's like, this is the food you should be eating and this is the why and, and this is based on you know all of this, the, the scientific data that we have at this point but actually what we had at this very early phase is already food industry getting involved and paying these um, organizations to make statements so they're funding them and it's going on today and everyone knows it's going on you know to this day it's why yeah, we yeah. have such a terrible food available in our health service in our schools um, you know our public health guidelines are shocking like they're just rubbish and behind way behind the times so, but this just went on and on. It just became kind of the 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 fact that was never proven in a way that that now it's almost established and it's in in the institutions and it's like okay, this is the messaging that goes out. And it was only when we advanced our kind of ability to do. And bear in mind, when you look at population studies, there's so much. And I think there was more kind of epidemiology uh, studies done. It's, it was all terrible data. So it's all looking at. These people are eating meat and they're getting heart disease. But do remember, there's no difference made um, in in terms of lasagna and steak and vegetables in any of these studies. And that still goes on today. And it's why most people say don't look at population right. studies because no one ever makes that difference. And then there's also like lots of confounding factors, which are people that eat meat tend to have more money. So they're more likely to drink and smoke and be overweight. And yeah. usually these are, these are called confounding factors and they're accounted for and, and um, usually kind of, you know, you compare like for like where possible, but in the early studies, this wasn't always the case. But also there were many populations looked at who did eat all of those foods and didn't have high risk of a heart attack. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. One thing that Tim Noakes says is the biggest thing that they did was confuse cause with a reason in this situation. So if you have found a cause of a disease, if you remove that cause, then you should see the disease rates massively reduce or completely disappear altogether. And that doesn't happen with cholesterol. And there are people out there with high cholesterol and no heart disease. And there are people out there with low cholesterol and heart disease. Yeah. And there are people that take the medications and it makes no difference. So statins is you know the most famous one yeah. and it changes how your body produces, it, you know, the rate that your body produces cholesterol. And it doesn't necessarily make a huge difference. Heart disease is still the biggest killer in terms of, of the chronic diseases globally. So it's still a problem, yet we have all these drugs and all this knowledge and we've gone through this phase of having the low-fat 80s, especially, haven't we? Like everyone went very low-fat, margarine, and it didn't make the difference. And then he said, so it's not the cause of this situation. But he's also not denying that high cholesterol in your bloodstream might be a risk factor. And what we want to know is what causes that high cholesterol. Yeah. Is it eating eggs? You know, is it eating red meat, butter, these types of things. So what I wanted to kind of cover today is what do people practically need to know and start to look at as, as common causes of heart disease and then what should you be doing in terms of your nutritional intake and what tests might be helpful 
to know your risk. Um, because like I said, I went very low carb and my cholesterol just went really, really high. What I didn't know is, is that a problem? And mm. I'll, we'll, I'll talk through the, the kind of steps that I came to. And interestingly, <clears throat> when you went low carb, obviously your protein intake went up. Yeah. But you weren't eating eggs and <laughs> no, red that's meat. The thing it, no. So you were actually eating like quite lean protein because yeah, yeah, yeah. of, you know, the, the fattier uh proteins like had a really negative impact on you yeah so, so I run every year and I suggest everyone does this I talk to my clients about it and I've done lots of training where possible in blood chemistry because it's, it's still really the gold standard of all the testing there's always new stuff out there lots of nutritionists message me and go what do you think of Dutch hormone testing and this test and that test and I'm like no no like we've been using blood testing for hundreds of years but also blood testing with a look at someone's uh, body composition like <laughs> that's the something that everyone just forgets you know to look at what is someone's waist circumference yeah um and looking at their diet and then looking at things like inflammation markers it's just which are in the blood test so helpful that normally i've got by that point there's about 50 things i need to do with that person so i'm not going to bother them making them spend loads more money on really expensive tests because there's many lifestyle factors that are going to completely transform what mm. i've seen so, um, and I run it on myself and I run it on my parents. I try to run it on you, but the blinking blood test, just like the CGM, sits on the table to the point where it goes out of date. I know, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. So, but I do suggest it's like an MOT, just run one a year. And many health companies like private testing companies offer, you know, a kind of range on looking at cholesterol, looking at um, your complete blood count, so your red blood cells, your white blood cells, your inflammation markers, nutrients like vitamin D, and it's just good to, to check in. Mm -hmm. And they range from like 120 quid up to 200. You could probably get enough information that you would be, be so valuable for you that you could use for years. But when I started to run mine, it was I, at this point, I've kind of fallen ill. I've got gastritis and all this kind of gut stuff going on. So I'm very limited in what I can eat. So for about a year at this point, I've eaten, I've lived on pretty much white rice, vegetables and chicken and other lean proteins. So it was like chicken, turkey, white fish, seafood, um, haven't touched alcohol, try and get as much fat as I can, but I have to be careful with fats because it slows down the, the digestive system. So it's things like avocados, olive oil, not doing dairy. Um, and I get tested and my cholesterol is seven, but my LDL, which so we, we then divide cholesterol into low density lipoproteins and high density lipoproteins. And typically we've been told um, that LDL is bad and HDL is good because LDL is taking cholesterol from the liver and taking it around the body and depositing it. And HDL is actually more protein than it is cholesterol because it's coming back to the liver. Right. So if we've got high amounts of this, that's thought to be a good thing. What's, what I love is I'm going to talk about Malcolm Kendrick, who is someone whose work I've followed quite a lot. Um, and he's like, why would the body decide to make some good things and some bad things? Like, why would the body do that? Like, I'm going to give you a bit of good stuff, but I'm going to give some stuff that'll kill you as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. He's like, one, we shouldn't call it good and bad cholesterol. And two, it's not even cholesterol. It's a protein carrying cholesterol. So why are we calling it cholesterol? It's yeah. so, he's brilliant like that. And I'm like, yeah, that, that is kind of, kind of flawed. Um, but this is what we test. And then what would happen on a blood test is you'll see what's your total cholesterol. And one interesting thing to know is that it used to be, uh, I think it was around seven, uh, anything higher than seven, they used to start talking to you about a statin and then it got lowered to about five. Wow. So now it's five and they'll start talking to you about a statin. And what we also know is 
you know, kind of from the 80s and 90s onwards, and I know this just from speaking to doctors and I've got family who are, um, who've worked in hospitals, there was a huge push on medical professionals to recommend statins. And I think, did we mention this on this, on our podcast, or I can't remember if I was talking to somebody else, about how wrong is it that we market drugs? You either need a drug or you don't, but we yeah. shouldn't market them. But do you remember we watched the one on Viagra with Jake Gyllenhaal and his job was to go around and charm people into recommending this erectile dysfunction drug do you remember that and flirt with all the the, the oh, secretaries yeah, yeah. and like yeah, yeah. give them free pens and then like get chance to speak to all the gps or not gps it was in america so it's different but like that was his job and to charm and you nearly had a job with a pharmaceutical company didn't you a client approached you and said you'd be great and i know exactly what they would have been thinking like handsome confident look at your oh, physique thanks. like you could sell ed drugs to anyone well, to be fair like it, i mean it, it appealed because what, like, <laughs> selling erectile dysfunction drugs well no just like like the the, the whole like role because like you know it was a client who i got on really well with and she was doing pretty well for herself and she was like oh you know you'd be great like you've got that charm and you'd be a great salesman and it's like that it's based on a lot of commission you get given a car you get yeah. given a laptop and at the time, I think it was like a. She had a BMW, and she and I was like, "So that's not yours." She was like, "Oh, this is the car they gave me." Wow! And this is what I go around to the. And I was like, "Oh!" But <laughs> obviously, I was like, I was in like my late teens, yeah. you know, and it, it appealed, you know, and but. And you would have got better and better and better yeah. at doing it as well. Like you would have done a few, and then realized like, what is it that makes them kind of go, "Yeah, all right, then," you know, I don't know. It's yeah, it's so wrong. Yes, like you either need a drug or you don't. Do you know, like, yeah. and and obviously there's brands and you know one brand wants to be better than another brand so there's like heavy yeah heavy kind of um what's the word when you're gone from your head when you're trying to persuade somebody what's the word bribe yeah a lot of like kind of like subliminal bribery going on in terms of like go with our brand and anyway where was i um wine back so you can god i've completely lost my train thought where i got to anyway you run your blood tests and you can see this this kind of just this cholesterol split. So you have your total cholesterol. Oh, that was it. I was talking about the the rate it came down. Yeah. And everyone talks about that. Like suddenly over five is now you need a statin type yeah. thing. Now you need medication. So isn't that convenient for the people that make a lot of money off those drugs? Who made that decision? You know, what was it based on? And I'm not saying, by the way, that these medications don't necessarily have a role. Statins is really contentious. And there's new medications coming out now that work in a different way. Because some people argue there is like if you've had a heart attack then statin is probably your best bet and then some people are like yeah but it also you are stopping the production of cholesterol which has implications for the body because cholesterol is what makes up the outer layer of every single cell in your body right. it's the foundation of your sex hormones yeah. you know so there's going to be uh, we need it for vitamin d um synthesis and stuff so there's just going to be other things that happen we need it for coq10 so there'll be other things that happen as a result of taking that medication and are they detrimental to health? Yeah. Obviously there's workarounds. So now you'll often see, I think it's pretty, most, most countries except the UK will give CoQ10 with statins. As in the, this is like a, a it's like a nutrient that we make internally. So, and, and that, but our internal production declines with age. So some people supplement with it anyway, but it's thought that if you're taking a statin, CoQ10 would be quite helpful to supplement with just to kind of protect yourself from that. Um, but now there are new medications that basically kind of bind to liver receptors that the liver is where we're making this cholesterol. So they, if, they, if they bind to these receptors, we'll stop making less 
cholesterol. So it's thought to be safer than a statin in that right. sense. Um, anyway, so when I did my first kind of run of blood tests, this was after eating that diet, which you'd say is pretty clean, wouldn't you? Training, yeah. even even with my kind of gut issues, been able to train like three, four times a week. I'm running, I'm going to the gym three, four, four times, um, getting going to bed at eight, nine o'clock at night. And my cholesterol's seven. So I would have been like straight onto a statin if I'd gone to my GP. My LDL was quite high. Uh, my HDL was high. And incidentally, by the way, there's also research that HDL might increase with inflammation. And this is not a diagnostic. So no one panic. If you've got good HDL, you've probably been told, great. But there was this idea that HDL could go really high and it wouldn't matter because it's good cholesterol. Yeah, and we yeah. now know that actually that can go high because of something else going on that's not that great. Um, not always. It could be high just because that's that's your profile as well. Yeah. So there is this individuality that we have to consider. Um and I ended up booking a call with Tommy and I was like, look, like I live with Matt and he gets up and he eats burgers and cheese. Like you were very, you've always been meat heavy, dairy yeah. heavy. He cooks everything in butter. Um, and his cholesterol is like five. The last time you measured it, I remember, because you'd gone to the doctors, it was like five and, and your HDL and LDL were, were low and all like optimal reference range. And obviously like physique wise, you're in all the, you've got all the good, uh, that's all fine. And then I'm like, here's me, like angelic, um, not I, I could not I wasn't not eating eggs and meat by the way I just there were two um eggs definitely have upset my gut now uh, you'd know about it if I ate well eggs. no that's yeah so you, you wasn't not eating those things <laughs> no, because no, no. of like yeah just yeah in fact it was one of the first things when I fell ill I think I kept trying to add eggs back in and I would instantly go my stomach does not like that at all yeah, it was a it was a smelly affair <laughs> yeah you could smell so, the egg. Oh, someone's had eggs again <laughs> yeah for problems and the red meat was just too slow on the digestive system. So it would slow everything down. Um, so again, I'd try like slow cooking it and have small amounts. But most of my stuff, as you said, was very lean and olive oil based. And even my doctor, you know, he in the end had to take the test to him for some other reasons because I was looking at my sex hormones and I was like, I think I'm going to have to start HRT. Um, so I discussed it all with him, but he was like, what is going on with your cholesterol? Like, that's like really worrying to me that you're, and I was like, no, it would be worrying to you because you're looking at it from that very traditional standpoint. But even Tommy was like, oh, it's kind of unusual that your LDL is so high. Um, let's just keep an eye on it. So it's like there's nothing that you're doing diet wise that's that's probably a factor in that. The next test I ran, uh, by that point, I'd had COVID, got really sick and it slowed down my digestive system that much that I'd gone pretty much carnivore or ketovore because I needed really small amounts of super nutrient dense food no fiber because that would put me like yeah. i'd almost throw up in the night um and it kind of basically got me like functioning again ran the blood tests by by this time by the way i've had covid and two vaccines so who knows if that's a factor um and i also didn't say that the second thing is context is everything so when you run these tests on yourself, it's really important to look at inflammation markers. So I always measure something called high-sensitive C-reactive protein, which is a really specific marker of general kind of inflammation. Your doctor will normally run C-reactive protein, but privately we can get this more, um, it's just a little bit more kind of um, sensitive, like it's just a bit more accurate. So I'd always run that. I'd always be looking at other marks of inflammation your ferritin levels if they go really high that's also a mark of inflammation you can measure something called homocysteine again which will tend to elevate and and that's associated with an increased risk of all the kind of chronic inflammatory uh, diseases as well so that's the thing i run on my mum and dad because that's more from the age of 50 
you want to keep an eye on your homocysteine yeah, levels. Yeah. Uh, B12 and folate, zinc, magnesium, there's quite a few nutrients that make sure that that stays in range as well. But I've never worried about that. You know, I like take all the supplements I would, could, could possibly have needed. Um, so when I kind of looked at the, uh, when I reran the blood tests, inflammation was a fraction higher, but still like fine. Do you know what I mean? But I was like, isn't that interesting? Slightly higher, possibly like COVID. Uh, I think I had had COVID again just before this test. I got a cough at Christmas. Do you remember? Yeah. And I'd gone into London for Christmas drinks, came home and had this hacking cough for two days. And at the time thought nothing of it. I thought it's because I was shouting in a, in a pub and everything. And, but when I look back, because I've now had COVID, definitely a third, second, so it might have been the third time I had it this summer, and it was almost the same, like fever overnight. The other reason I didn't make the association that this could be COVID is I came home so late from London because the trains were slow and everything, and I had to go and get my car, and it was you know frosty, that I got so cold that by the time I got in, I couldn't sleep. I was that cold. It's almost like my body had released like a ton of cortisol or something to keep me like adrenaline. And I just sat in bed shivering. Um, And actually I was probably coming down with a fever. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. And I was like that for a few nights, but I kept going, it's just because I got really cold. But actually I think I probably had COVID again because I got a fever. Drinking COVID. I know, because I got a fever, didn't I, the other time um, that I had it. I coughed all night and said to you I was cold and yeah. rough. And then I was like, this isn't... I thought it was just a snot cold. And then I was like, no, this is not a snot cold. Anyway, um, so... But the main thing, the, the mad thing here is my cholesterol's now nine. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Damn! I know. And LDL was five something, so it's gone up really high. Um, and now I'm like, okay, is this is this like because I'm zero carb diet. Mm. Um, so I know there is a phenomenon called lean mass hyperresponders on people who go keto or carnivore or just low carb generally. And you see this, this hyper response of their cholesterol levels. And there's someone uh, running some studies on this. Tommy's actually involved in it. And I joined, um, there's a really good group that you can join. You can actually become part of the study, but I was a bit too late for that. So I've joined the Facebook group and I've read through like lots of discussions on it. Many people in that group have said when they've added back in fruit and some carbs, it's come back down again. What we don't know is, is that, is that beneficial? You know, were they yeah. at risk of anything? And what's quite interesting is many people in there have gut issues, like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And they've said, I've added back in fruit fiber. My gut's a mess. My cholesterol's fine. I hate myself. Because <laughs> you can. Like when your gut's a mess, you feel horrendous yeah, all yeah, the time. Sure. But you're like, have I got to do this for my heart disease risk? I'm not sure. And then I actually got to meet Sean Baker, who is obviously kind of, um, I guess, the, I can't say poster boy of, of carnivore, but he is one of the main kind of um, protagonists of the carnivore diet because he's yeah. had amazing results for arthritis on it. He's a doctor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I got to meet him at a conference and I asked him a few questions. He was like, are you in the lean mass hyperresponder study? Because it'd be great to get in there if you can. Um and yeah, and he, and he was he was really, I have to say, as he was super, um, he took time to answer everyone's questions, super polite, so respectful, um, because there were people there basically debating, lots of different nutritionists, and they were debating, do mm. we need vegetables at this conference? So there's some vegan doctors. Everyone was super respectful, actually. I have to say it was a brilliant debate. Everyone's very kind. There was no, like, just lashing out, like, <laughs> which you can't, you do see that, don't you, on social yeah, media, yeah. just with that kind of personal bias. Um but, uh, but he was saying to keep an eye on the lean mass hyperresponder work. And what the 
sorry, I'll let you finish in a second, but the, the kind of process is you get your cholesterol checked, then you need to go around the houses and get all the other markers done, your inflammation markers. You should definitely keep an eye on your blood pressure and your waist circumference. Um, I don't have any issues. My blood pressure is always, almost always too low, if anything, and my waist circumference was fine. Um, really interestingly, I got called by the GP at this point because I'd hit, uh, it must be like, I was 42, I think, and they went, you now qualify for a heart disease risk check. And I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be... Because <laughs> I thought, I just had this test saying my cholesterol was nine. Three months later, they called me into the GP surgery and she's like, we want to do, it's called a Q-risk score, which I've done anyway for, for ages. And I highly recommend if you're kind of concerned, you could track your Q-risk score, which is looking at your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your triglycerides, which is again, kind of like a fat in the bloodstream. And then markers like your weight and um, age and whether you smoke and stuff is all in there as well. So I'd already calculated it and it was super low, but I thought, oh God, the nurse is going to take my... So they take a finger prick of your blood there and then and she measures your cholesterol. And I was sat there and she was like, oh, oh goodness me. And I was like, mm. I said, yeah, I tend to be high. Maybe I've got familial hypercholesterolemia or something because my mum and dad's is often high. Um, and I was, even at this point, I'm carnivore, but I'm still really eating fish and chicken and turkey and, yeah, and yeah. broth. I'm not yeah. like, I'm still not doing that much. I keep trying on the red meat and it's like a bit of wild venison here and there or something like it's not even it's good quality stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I can't, I can't tolerate it as well. I think I did a week where I tried to do the, you know, like beef and lamb and stuff. And I just got, then I got true acid reflux. Like I literally was, okay, that's not... I tend to get a bit like a, almost like a gastroparesis, my stomach won't empty situation going on at night. But I actually just got full acid reflux just having loads of that red meat. So I was like, okay, that's not going to work. Um, but- do, you think, do you think there's something to be said for maybe just having like a little bit though? Like I'm talking like literally like a mouthful. Yeah, that's what I do now. To try so and like build up. I, I don't feel healthy having just the lean stuff. Like I just know mm. zinc, iron. My iron has gone, I haven't said this, as I've tracked, my iron has just gone down and down and down and down. So I supplement with iron, which is fine, but I'd rather get it from food if possible. Yeah. So yeah, I, I now just have like, liver's fine actually. So I'm trying to eat more liver. But the annoying thing about liver is you you kind of buy it and you need to cook it like straight away as it just gets the foul taste. In fact, I was listening to someone else on, on Rob Wolf's podcast, they were talking about this saying, why does something that's so good for us taste so bad? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> someone wrote in and said, um, because... It's the aging of of organs. Like the longer the animal's been killed, that the, they're kind of aging, and it's making them very strong and earthy. Yeah. Whereas tribes kill an animal and eat the organs there and then first. Yeah. yeah. Straight away. I remember that from history. Do you remember yeah. that they kill? I remember the Indians would kill the buffalo and eat the tongue, and we all went eh. But they were like, yeah, but and drink the blood there and then. Yeah. Um, and that's what they were saying. So with, with liver, like I end up buying it, and it's like then I forget it, and then I look at it, and I'm like, I really don't want that. So, so yeah anyway and I know all about liver capsules and you can you know tell, this is what I tell all my clients or his mind I just yeah but I force like a couple of servings down once a week or twice a week so yeah uh, having small amounts but what I was just going to go back to was when I went and got tested at the doctor's three months later my cholesterol was six total she didn't break it down into LDL HDL so she was like oh you're six she went bit high <laughs> and yeah, I thought yeah. I'm actually breathing a sigh of relief yeah. and she goes I'm going to refer you to your GP for a full test to see your good and bad cholesterol. We need to find out what's causing this. You might need a statin. I was like, yep, good, luck, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, no one ever called me because they're so, you know, under-resourced. Yeah, and, I, and I thought if I didn't have this knowledge, 
you know, would you go away and be panicking about this? Or would you go away and just think, you, I could have been high risk because no one called me. I'm a year down the line now. Do you know what I mean? It's been a year since I had that test and I'm walking around with plaque in my arteries maybe yeah. and no one's called. Um, but just to go back to the lean mass hyper responders, what's quite interesting is there's this process that a lot of people in the group are going through, which is test all the other markers to see, is your inflammation up? Is there some other things? And then as we talk about with Tommy, you can have either coronary artery calcium score done, which is kind of a scan to look at the calcium. So over time, um, the plaque will build up and then solidify and then it becomes calcium. So, And that's when it will break off. Um, once it's become calcium, if you think it's like almost like chalk, it will then break off and possibly block an artery. Or again, if it's if this happens in the brain, then you can have a stroke. So then you've got a basically a heart, a, a heart disease incident will occur. Um, so you can have that scan done. But as Tommy mentioned, you can also have a CT angiogram, which actually looks at the soft tissue changes and the calcium, which is probably the gold standard. However, I was like, I'm not sure I want to know. I, I, and I've got time, do you know what I mean? As in like I can, you know, because, okay, just to go back to this is what everyone should find useful. What we now know about heart disease, Malcolm Kendrick, as I said, is one of the best speakers on this, is it starts in childhood mm. because what is happening is in your arteries, if you think of like the wall of the artery, we have this like layer um, called, it's like the glycocalyx, I can never, glycocalyx, <laughs> glycocalyx, sorry. The glycocalyx, it's like, um, it's like a mucus on top of the artery and things can damage that mucus. And then what happens is once the mucus is damaged, then the kind of artery wall is exposed and something can then damage that further. And what we know is this then creates a situation of an, an a kind of inflamed damaged artery wall attracts our immune system and our immune system starts to send white blood cells known as macrophages over to this site of injury to try and fix it. And we also know that LDL particles, so this is that kind of low density, like the, you know, the, the kind of um, the cholesterol coming from the liver might be used to kind of patch up the damage that's occurring there. And if you do have we know that particle that the kind of particle size is now relevant. So with your particle, your low density particle that's kind of come from the liver, we know that we can have like beach ball size stuff, and then we can have these small like tennis balls. And obviously, if you've got lots of the little tennis ball ones, so imagine like you've got a kind of hole in the wall of your artery, mm -hmm. lots of the tennis balls can go in, whereas the beach beach balls will bounce off the side. So yeah. we know that one of the most important things to do is actually check how many particles of LDL we have. And then there's now measurements of the size and that could also, that can help predict your risk of a heart disease, you know, atherosclerosis, that, yeah. that process happening. But what's more important is probably what actually damaged that artery in the first place. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And is that still going on? Because in which case, it doesn't matter. You, you can get your cholesterol down with a statin. You could get your cholesterol down with other ways, which I'm going to talk about. We know insulin resistance. So carbs and sugar is a big factor in high yeah, cholesterol. Yeah. So we can do all these things. But what damaged it in the first place and have we addressed that is a really important question. I did come up with an analogy I said to you, didn't I? That yeah, let's do it. I don't know. No, I don't know if I can. It's too complex. I'll lose people, I think. <laughs> I've come up with two analogies on how to explain this. Give it a go. But I actually think what I've just said is probably most helpful. Um, and I'd also say when I'm talking to clients about this, I say, imagine someone scratching you on the arm, you know, and you get like the blood drawn. Yeah. And then what we see is like a healing process takes place and you almost get like a bit of scarring building up. 
So that is really what atherosclerosis is. It's, it's like something has scratched that artery wall and then our immune system comes in and uses different compounds, one of them being LDL cholesterol, but also we've got these white blood cells. They come along and they kind of chomp on like kind of um, diseased tissue and stuff and then they'll become foam cells and they, they, they build this mass and it is a bit like when you get a scab on your yeah. on your arm that you've just scratched. But imagine if you keep picking that scab, which I love to do. Yeah. <laughs> and you start to see it get worse and worse, don't you? Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. And we also know that there's this whole thing. The original hypothesis was we're eating fat and it's like sticking inside yeah. our arteries. Makes no sense at all because fat would be liquid at body temperature anyway. So yeah. how the hell is it sticking? And like we said, we've been eating this stuff for hundreds of thousands of years. Like we would we would have died, do you know what yeah. I mean? In terms of we would have been all been killed by heart disease by now if that was the case. We're eating all this fat. It's literally sticking to the artery wall. But we actually know that the process of that kind of um, atherosclerosis is almost happening below the the kind of surface level as well in terms of uh, it's not necessarily building up, it's building down and anyway. Like when you have a scab and you pick it, there's like a crater there. Yeah, Do you yeah. see what I mean? So yeah, that's, no, that's, no, that's happening. Really. That's probably, I think, the easiest analogy I could give anyone. But I did try and think about a second way of, of explaining it, I said to you, is a, and bear in mind, like, you're kind of blaming the scab for the situation. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And that's that, the equivalent of what we've been doing. Another thing I said to you is we've got cracks in our tiles in our shower at the moment, haven't we? Yeah. And I was saying to you, this is really like what happens in your arteries. So basically every time we have a shower and run that water, we're increasing the risk of a leak. So water getting underneath the tile. And then at some point, the bloody tile is going to fall off the bathroom wall, isn't it? Yeah. And that is kind of what happens with a, with a heart disease incident. So the damage is that bad that it will break away. And so, but we don't blame the water. And ideally, we need the shower. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. can't walk around without having a shower. No. We stink. Oh, <laughs> and we can't not have cholesterol. We need it. We build yeah. cells with it. It's really important. It has a function. I but think that that is a really important point, isn't it? It's like there's this real negative association with cholesterol. People say cholesterol, they think, oh, yeah. bad. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, like cholesterol has a purpose. And yeah, and because it's an animal product, yeah. it's being used by vegan protagonists to argue we were never supposed to eat animal products yeah. as well. It's bad that I, I was in lectures where people would shout that at me and I'd be like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> like, take a deep breath. Um like that's like saying then don't have a don't ever run the water in your shower. Yeah, but then like you know, and then obviously you'll never get the damage. And listen, like I've no disrespect to vegans because you know I, I think everyone should do what they they feel is best for them. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, like we work with a lot of vegans that are like smashing margarine. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. As in vegan mar- margarine, not. Oh, you mean that? Well, margarine is vegan, isn't it? No, 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 no. So you've got you do have like vegan, but most of them are animal based. No, I thought margarine is all it's all vegetable and seed oils, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. So some of it's sunflower oil, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't. I'm not even looked at what it. I just knew it was hydrogenated oil. Like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like you know. It's the, yeah, when, so, when you, sorry, you're probably right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah. You've, you've you've planted the seed. Yeah, but then you have your doubt. vegan spreads, but they're like vegan butters made out of coconut oil and things like that as well, yeah. don't you? Um, but yeah. So we should we should really know what margarine is, but the the shift to margarine you're right from Procter and Gamble was towards okay, vegetable you, oils. You carry on talking. I'm going to look it all up. Do you know what's interesting as well is that people will then argue that you need to go onto olive oil, which sometimes it, olive oil has more saturated fat, like it has saturated fat in it. it has it has things in it that you could still associate with yeah. heart disease if you wanted to. No, exactly. So there's like a not it's not making that much sense. 
Um, and then the other kind of analogy that I had was, again, if you think about this as a motorway and basically imagine there's cracks in the road, that's going to increase the risk of a car crash of some sort. Yeah? Yeah. On the motorway. But then if you also imagine that, do you remember I said it's a protein carrier that's, that we're counting here? We're not counting cholesterol. We're counting protein carriers. Carriers, yeah. So just just quickly as a little quick interrupt, we were actually both right. Oh right. Because it says it says a butter substitute made from vegetable oil, vegetable oils or animal fats. Okay, there we go. So That's there you, go. you know, like when you've <laughs> you've been spreading yourself with so much information. Yeah. I do sometimes forget the most basic things. No, but but when was the last time you used margarine? Like, exactly, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it didn't have any relevance when I did use it. Do you know what I mean? Because I was baking in food tech at school. I wouldn't have given a toss what I had in it. At food tech at school, yeah. like it was like it was pushed as being a healthy thing. The healthier thing to have, oh, like definitely. have margarine over butter. I remember like my grandparents switching. I remember my parents switching and telling me that. Even as a kid, going, you can't have that much mayonnaise now. It clogs your arteries. We know that. Yeah. Remember them, like, reading all that, you know, taking on that public health information. Um, but, yeah, if you another way to look at this is, like I said, it's like a motorway. And if you think of the damage to your glycocalyx and the artery walls, is like cracks appearing in the road, quite common here in the UK with all the rain that we're yeah. having at the moment. Blimey. It's going to increase the risk of some kind of accident on the motorway. But also think of... The cars and the lorries and the buses as like the, the protein carriers, the LDLs, the HDLs. And then I, I, was, I said to you, you could almost think of LDL as like a motor motorcyclist in that they, um, or especially the small dense particles in that, imagine if we now stick, we've got this motorway. First of all, if we increase the volume of cars, there's more likely to be an accident, given. Mm. We make sure there's more cracks, more likely to be an accident, given. Mm. But then imagine if we put a lot of motorcyclists weaving in and out of all of these cars, more likely to be an accident. More likely, as a motorbike, a smaller vehicle is more likely to fall into a crack. So that's kind of These, these are big cracks then. Yeah. <laughs> the big cracks. Yeah. It just works from an analogy perspective. Yeah. Whereas obviously a big, like, give me a name of a big, big wide car or a bus even, like a big wide car. Like a, like a Range Rover. It's going to be more robust, yeah. isn't it? It's going to drive yeah. over the cracks. It's going to have, and you could think of people inside as cholesterol. Do you see what I mean? Right. So you could have, um, you know, these these big kind of protein carriers. Anyway, it's kind of one way we could look at it. And then I was saying, if we oxidize our cholesterol, so if our cholesterol gets damaged because we've got inflammation in the body, that's like now the motorcyclists are drunk drivers. So way more likely to have some problematic stuff going on. Yeah. We're derailing the entire body here. We're like, And then add a storm onto this motorway. Like, So now we've got a storm going on. That's what happens with inflammation in the body. So right. we know about, if you remember COVID, the cytokine storm. So let's add some inflammation in. So we've got fog, storm. Yeah, you can just see how it's cumulative. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Now, is it the car's fault? that there's the accident, because that's what we've done for years. We've blamed the cholesterol for this problem, got you. and it's not. However, there are things that we do that might increase the number of motorbikes, and there are things that we do that will increase the drunkenness of the motorbike drivers. <laughs> so we can oxidise our... There are things that we could do that would make that storm happen, and it's all the things that we spend all our time trying to help our clients not to do. So yeah. we know that basically a diet high in processed foods, high in refined carbohydrates, poor quality fats, fats that are damaged, oxidized because they are overheated. 
that's fried food, that's processed foods, that's processed oils, things that have become a staple within our nutrition in basically the last like 30, 40 years, that is creating this kind of perfect storm situation for an accident on the motorway, if that makes sense. It doesn't work as well because the tile falling off the wall is much more... That's what happens when the plaque breaks off. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, I think well, that one yeah, works. We'll, Maybe we'll, with three analogies, we'll get there. We'll just say we've got a few, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one might click with you better than the other, so at least you're giving people options. Yeah, but just going back to what causes the crack in the road, the crack in the tile or the scab, <laughs> um, one I've mentioned, so it's that really poor diet, insulin resistance. So we know that most people who have um, a heart um, heart disease instant are, are pre-diabetic. Right. So a lot of the time it is, and I have to say this to a lot of clients, it's the, you know, they'll get diagnosed with something and they, especially when it's related to heart disease, they straight away contact me, should I give up eggs and meat? And I'm yeah. like, no, however, the bread, um, the sugar, the wine, yes, probably. Because yeah. now what you're doing is getting a lot of energies for very little nutrition and it's a lot of quick delivery of energy. And so it's probably not helping blood sugar yeah. regulation um, as is, also things like sleep deprivation, shift work. Mm. So all of these things would increase your risk of insulin resistance and therefore heart disease as well. But again, like this is the thing, right? Like, and, and this is this is something we, we talk about a hell of a lot. Like generally speaking, like the advice for mo- like in most cases, whether it's, you know, high cholesterol, um, high blood sugars, you know, like, just any condition really like the the advice is generally the same you like yeah, no yeah. no one should be eating too much unprocessed food yeah. equally no one should be smashing untold bloody butter cheese eggs and and bacon you know it's all got to be like within within reason we should all be exercising if we're carrying too much weight it would make it be a good idea to get rid of some of it yeah well there, there's, there's, I was going to say there's two more things so we know sedentary lifestyle <clears throat> and being overweight is going to be a factor in mm. kind of damaging, as is high blood pressure is one of your biggest risk factors. But it's helpful to know that one of the big causes of high blood pressure is insulin resistance. So mm. again, it's linked back to poor regulation of blood sugars. Um, and interest and, and like lack of nutrients will make all of this worse because our, the body simply does not have the resources to maintain function, mm. function of, of the cardiovascular system, function of like our kind of, um, you know, energy regular everything brain function and uh, when we lose function and we're also then vulnerable to the symptoms like yeah. mood issues pain what do we want to do we want to eat crap we don't want to exercise you know so it's like that vicious cycle will start so everything that's been recommended for heart disease over the years has been things like exercise and you know kind of plenty of fruit and vegetables good diet that kind of thing i will talk go back to the kind of low carb side thing in a second um, good thyroid health as well. So thyroid hormones, what most people don't know, is is help. It basically regulates the re, the movement of kind of cholesterol um, back into the liver as well. Yeah. So especially the LDL. So if you have a thyroid issue, it's really important to, again, um, get some advice from a nutritional therapist and also an endocrinologist. So I will often, when I see a client, I tend to work. I'll be looking at their nutrient status, their diet, that kind of side of things. Um, by the way, exercise makes your body more sensitive to thyroid hormones. So there's still so much we can do. Um, but for some people, they'll have to go on that medication side. So that's when I'll tend to work with an endocrinologist and we'll, we'll kind of figure some, you know, what's the right approach for the client. So that's kind of something else to consider. Um, a couple of other things that you may not think of pollution. 
damages the glycocalyx. So again, mm-hmm. living in a city also, but again, if you've got good nutrient status, we can buffer some of this stuff, um, get out in the green spaces, fill your house with plants, like, you know, mm. but it, also it will, it may get to a point with my dad when he had his cancer, he said, I think I need to move out of London. Mm. Like, I just have a cancer that's kidney. It's associated with toxicity exposure. Maybe I just need to move out of London. Like, and they, and they did. And that was one of their kickers for doing it. Yeah, they were, and, they were on the South circular yeah. and he had so many chest issues. He was like, I just, your stepdad's same. Yeah. He was always like, whenever we go up to Stratford Avon and be on the caravan, I sleep better. I can breathe better. Mm. So he had, um, uh, I mean, he was diabetic, but what did he have? Oh, the lung can't think. CO. COPD. COPD. Yeah. yeah. And he was saying, I feel so much better up in the countryside. But, but, but the thing is like, and, and totally, but just to put this out there, because we, we have had many conversations like this with people, is that, you know, you can only only focus on the things that, that you can change. That you can change. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't want anyone thinking, yeah, but, you know, I can't afford to move and, and, and we get it. Like, you know, it's like... That, that's fine, you know, like, but do do what you can, you yeah. know, don't, like, there's, there are some things that are, are much more easy, you know, much more low hanging fruit, easier wins, if you will, focus on those things, Yeah, yeah. you know, do do the best you can in, in, in that respect. And don't stress about what you can't change. Yeah. Actually, so Wi-Fi is the other one, you know, you hear all these things with, oh, you know, Wi-Fi know. causes this, Wi-Fi causes that. It's like, well, what, what are we going to do? Because even if we get rid of Wi-Fi, our neighbours either side have got Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone else on the street has got Wi-Fi. Every shop you go into now has got Wi-Fi. So it's like, well, so what should we do? Like yeah. just, you know, go and live in a shed in the middle of the, the woods. Yeah, and... yeah. But it's interesting because this is where I, I've mentioned a, on a social media post recently about podcastitis. And some people like wrote back and went, what is podcastitis? <laughs> and what I meant is it's like listening to all these podcasts about all these things that are damaging your health, half of which you can't do anything about. Yeah. How is that benefiting us? And it's one of my bugbears, I have to say, with like functional medicine and, and nutrition sometimes is like just putting the fear of God in people about everything from Tupperwares to, you know, like AirPods and Wi-Fi. And it's like, this is kind of the world we live in now. And yes, like you've said, you could use plug-in headphones if you want to, you know, mm. like someone contacted me recently and like, I've seen that you've got AirPods in that picture, like thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let me but tell you. <laughs> <laughs> AirPods are life. <laughs> yeah. I can't explain how inconvenient it is holding a phone to my ear now <laughs> yeah. when the battery has gone on there. First world problems. I feel like I've lost like condition in yeah. my arms. I'm like, my arms aching. Bicep strength. I've only been on the phone for a few minutes. <laughs> keep changing arm. It's like when you try and write with a pen. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did I ever do an exam? Yeah. I don't know. I look back. I, do you know, I used to win awards at, at school, primary school. For holding a pen. No, for like, for like, like handwriting. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to get like, like you know, like for, for really nice handwriting. Your handwriting is nice, to be fair. Yeah, but I have to like try really hard. It takes me ages. <laughs> you know I mean, it's half an hour to write a birthday card. <laughs> I never passed an exam, but they did say that my handwriting was beautiful. But I oh, only really? got two questions. No, I was saying you, you know, we got, oh, two, yeah. got two questions answered because it took you so long yeah. to make it so nice and beautiful. Well, to be fair, even to this day, my mum will say like, oh, um, oh, it's uh, it's Stephanie's birthday. That's my godmother. Um, you know, right, you, you make sure you you... You remember to send her a card. I like, okay, she's like, do it with your neat handwriting. <laughs> All these years later, I'm 38. It's like, all right, mum, yeah, I will. That's not a sentence I've ever had. Any, my handwriting is terrible. Anyway, um, where were we? Actually, it, it was a nice segue to stress. Um, so the other thing to note is there's a... Well, can I, can I just, actually, real quick. Yeah, go Because I will forget it otherwise. Um, 
like you know you're talking about like podcastitis and it's like you know, people like you know kind of almost almost lecture you on you know this is bad that's bad rah, 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 type thing and it's easy to get a bit like blimey but interestingly when i was on that um retreat thing uh, a couple of months ago there's there's a guy there who's who's very into, very into his health and this that and the other, but very much of the kind of like you must only drink filtered water, you know, tap water like like wreaks your uh, wreaks havoc on your hormones. Uh, don't have your phone in your pocket because of bloody da yeah. and all of that. It's like well, yeah, okay, like you know, get it to a, to a degree. But then when those desserts came out after dinner, <laughs> smashed them, all. smashed them, went bananas, <laughs> and it's like. Again, it goes back to that, like, and I'm not judging that. No, you know what no, I mean? No. Like, I was getting involved as well, but I just feel like people people do cherry, cherry pick. pick yeah. It's all like almost like this is really bad. But also, uh, imagine, but, and, imagine, and, but the, this is okay. Imagine the impact on his nervous system if you sat there and dessert shamed him. But it's okay to yeah. water shame, phone shame. <laughs> and I did this, like, when I was learning all this information, I would, I didn't shame people, but I was no. like, oh, you really shouldn't do Except that. Me. You really shouldn't. Yeah, you. I just. <laughs> I got it all. Only because you, only because you wouldn't listen. So in the end, I was like, yeah, shut up, do that. But and it was out of my like heartfelt desire a, for you came from a good place for you to survive and grow old with oh. me so oh. um but yeah I, I i did it in terms of trying to educate and, and highlight but in the end i became a stress and and i was stressed and i kept thinking god i can see why ignorance is bliss and i'd, I'd meet up with school friends and uni friends and they were happily drinking tap water and their health was way better than mine and mm. i was like and they smoke and drink and i'm like okay something's going wrong here in terms of like health anxiety podcastitis informationitis like mm. it's too it's too much and so I like you said I've got to that point where I change sometimes I've, I worry now I'm too lax with stuff like oh, <laughs> I, I am a bit lax anyway um but just to go back to the stress thing you know after that angry rant and I have to keep repeating this to my dad because he's a bit of a ranter especially about the news and stuff his dad was yes. you know and um after after an angry rant you're too I think you're five times more likely to have a heart attack and I think it's two to three times more likely to have a stroke in the two hours after that rant mm. So this is where, you know, you've got to also think about emotional health and meditation and letting stuff go and all that stuff that is so important, especially this will build over time. And that's why what was interesting looking at the history of heart disease is they kept saying heart disease was getting worse amongst executives in America. So they really started to hone in and go, it must be a diet thing. It must be the meat that mm. they're all eating. And I'm like, eh. Like, we're totally missing the elephant in the room here. How yeah. much stress are these people under that is a, is a factor? Um, and that's kind of, and, and so we know, and that will change blood pressure, by the way. So, you know, that could alter your blood pressure. It could alter your food choices. You sleep worse. <laughs> but also we know that basically it's going to have an impact in terms of like heart, heart health. So emotional health is a big factor that, you know, people need to consider. There's, there was a story I was listening to. It was on something like Desert Island Disc. It was a nice story podcast. I can't remember. It was an actress. I'm sure it's Desert Island Disc. There's an actress talking about her. I'm laughing, but it wasn't funny. But her, she said her parents were always angry. Like they they really held grudges about everything. Mm. She's, she's a famous actress. And she was saying her dad was just grumpy all the time. And one day he went to put the bin out and he didn't come back. And they went outside and he basically had a heart attack over the bin and was dead. And wow. But the way she said it was so like, and then he, and then he was dead. And then she went into hospital and missed out on a role. And her mum was so angry because her best friend got the role that her mum came into hospital to visit her, ranted, and then had a heart attack and died. <laughs> and she said both died ranting. Blimey. And you're just like, so it just shows, you know what I mean? Like you could, if you're, if you, if you, if you, I think resentment is, and bitterness is probably 
a huge factor in heart disease. Oh, 100%. Like, just ill health full stop. Ill I think, full like, stop. yeah, you're right. Like, stress and, and whatnot is, is brutal on the body. Like, especially, you know, and we will always have stress. We need stress in, in our lives. But I think when it becomes a bit more chronic for one reason or another, like, you, you know, you can see why, like, people's health declines after, like, a big bereavement or something, you know, when someone's lost their partner or, yeah, yeah. or a parent or a child, like, blimey. We've seen oh, a lot God, of instances. I feel myself getting emotional there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but we've seen instances of, um, in terms of, like, through clients, friends and family where it's, like, and uh, I would say this is more in kind of elderly couples where there's that like dependency where one passes away to a disease, the other was a carer, and they die within six to 12 months of losing mm. their partner. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, you said something recently where it was 24 hours that this other person passed oh, away. Know. It was on Facebook, <laughs> someone I was Facebook friends with, and gosh, like you just, you know, you know, it's like, you know, you, you link up with people within the industry, you know, over the years. So it's not someone I ever actually met, but, um, God, you could only just feel for the... Well, you could feel for everyone involved, of course, but the gist I got was was one of the one of them, uh, the, the, the husband was diagnosed with cancer and during treatment for the cancer, it was so stressful for the, 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 the partner that she ended up having, like, multiple strokes and heart attacks Aww. and eventually she she ended up passing away and he then died. he was in a hospice at this point and died within 24 hours oh. i mean it was almost like he was going you know he was the one that was diagnosed and and you know his his days were numbered if you will um and just the stress and worry of it all got to her oh. and and then of course like you know like you know the daughter did like an announcement you thought god like just you just lost both your parents yeah, in a day, yeah, yeah, you know, sad. like, and it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. I can see you going. I know. It's Do because you to you... fan your eyes. <laughs> deep breaths, deep breaths. But why, do... why do we fan our eyes? We ask that. I know. Yeah. Why do we fan them? Yeah. Try to dry them. Yeah. What's that <laughs> so guy? effective. What's that guy's name? Joe 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 Coy. Is oh, it the yeah, comedian yeah. who yeah. says it? He's like, what is it with fanning our eyes? Like, it's going to make any difference. <laughs> yeah. Fan them dry. Um, but yeah, but but you know, it's just to highlight what. You know what? What stress, worry, heartache. You know, like can can do to the oh, body. Oh yeah, you think about that phrase, the, the phrase heartache. You know, in fact, I haven't even mentioned actually. Do you remember my gran on the day of my granddad's funeral? So they were together. Oh yeah. Um, they met when um, they were eight. She was sixteen, I think. Yeah, she was sixteen. He was slightly older. Um, basically, married all their life, and and he died at <coughs> ninety-two of Alzheimer's. And on the day of his funeral, she had gone every single day to the um, the chapel to see chapel of chapel of rest to see yeah. him. And um, on the day of the funeral, we there was a lovely service, <clears throat> and then basically <clears throat> we'd gone up north, hadn't we? I think we weren't far away. I think we'd gone to see some family or friends. Up that north. was it, yeah. And we got a phone call saying she got chest pain in the night, so. We came back the next day and she they were basically running like ECGs and all these kind of investigations on her and said she had really clear arteries, no sign of atherosclerosis. Um, and it, she was diagnosed with broken heart syndrome, mm. which is she'd woken in the night with chest pain and pain down her left side. And then, um, yeah, called the ambulance. And they said it's it's really common but called yeah. broken heart syndrome. Isn't that awful? Yeah, uh, and she was fine. And they gave her, but you know what? I think they put her on statins anyway. I'm sure they did. 
Yeah. And because I remember sitting there going, just zip it. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. As in me, zip it. Like, there's no point. Oh, um, man. But yeah, it's Gosh. just a. But, you know, she came out that day, didn't she? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, yeah, you know, they were obviously happy for her to, to, to go. But again, it, it does. It just shows you. And I'm not sure anyone listening can relate. You know, like we've all lost people, you know, friends, family, and it's horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, you feel it. In your entire body. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like or I remember I remember seeing um do you remember this um and niece said one day that Oh don't someone at school something happened to someone at school, what was it? They've been left out or something. She came home and she was like, I can't stop thinking about her and then she went, My heart hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like, it in my heart. I feel it, it in like, my heart, it really hurts something I can't remember. I swear she was only like five or, was, or, yeah, time yeah. or something. And you're I was like, like, she is an empath. She's an empath through, yeah. in the making right yeah. here. My heart hurts. <laughs> <laughs> parents whisker off to A and E ECG. But but again, like you know, in that scenario, it's like you know we 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 don't know, you know, when anything's gonna you know, like if we're gonna go through some kind of heartache like that, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's it's gonna happen at some point, right? And these are the things that we can't change. Like we we can't do anything about that. We can't avoid these things. And and I think that's why, like, it just makes sense to to do the best you can in these different areas, you know, with your nutrition, you know, find that balance, get yourself moving, you know, prioritise your sleep as much as you can. Is it always going to work out? No, it's not because that's just life. But I think the intent should always be there to be doing your best, Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, well, I think and, I was going to say, we could just run through quickly the things that we should do because people are still probably going, what about eggs and butter? <laughs> like, you know, we're still yeah. not sure. Well, what I just wanted to say real quick was like, it's like, you've almost got to see it as like whatever you do is 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 looking after your foundations. Yeah, yeah. So when life does throw some shite your way, you know, and whatever that looks like, if you've got stronger foundations to protect yourself, then happy days, yeah. you know. And, and I always give the example of, um, you know, like I've had a couple of surgeries now. Um, we've both had like a fair share of injuries over the years. And I know whenever I've had an op, like when I go back for um, and like an assessment, they're always amazed at how, how quickly I've heal. recovered. Yeah, yeah. And and I put that down to, you know, the fact that I've always trained, you know, I've got a good foundation on me. Yeah. So even when I do have something invasive or there's trauma, it's like my body's just that little bit more resilient and, and, and my bounce back is quicker. You know, I know people that have had surgeries on like knees, shoulders, whatever, yeah, yeah. who weren't fit, you know, who didn't really train beforehand. And ultimately, I mean, I, I know I know some people that have never recovered it's almost like yeah, yeah. they just didn't have the foundations to to, to come back from it. Well, Whereas, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because um, someone approached me recently about having a cataract operation and this individual, um, basically you can kind of see from their kind of body composition, it's like very a lot of visceral fat, you know, like uh, they definitely need to lose weight. Waist circumference will yeah. be way over the in the high-risk area. And there's like associations, by the way, with like glaucoma and... And insulin resistance and anyway and they're not exercising because of the eyesight issue and they were asking me some questions because they'd gone in and had high blood pressure excessively high blood pressure and again questions came up about I said I need to change my diet don't I I need to do this that and the other but my mum had a similar operation and they commented on her like how quickly she recovered and healed mm-hmm. um and and like she'll be the first to say like she's the reluctant like exercise or the yeah, reluctant yeah. healthy eater but she does it all and yeah and she does her like you know walks a mile a day if she can she goes on a row machine and she eats kind of like you know high protein and 
takes their vitamins and stuff like that and drinks loads of water across the day, doesn't drink alcohol. You know, that there's so many things where you think like, and I'm not saying, you know, as I said, heart disease, atherosclerosis takes, it can start in childhood and it can be happening all your life, mm. all the way through. So there's no guarantees and we don't even know that there's definitely genetic components to it. So again, if it runs in the family, you probably want to keep an eye on these things a little bit more. Um, I personally don't know if I want the angiogram because I don't know what that would do to my mental health. Yeah. And part of me says to you often, with all the health stuff that's happened, you know, maybe I, I joke about this because it's kind of the only thing, sometimes it's the, on some days it's the only thing that I can think of. It's almost like, well, if I am a ticking time bomb, I'd rather just make the most of what I've got than know how long I've got. You know, because I'm also aware with my gut issues and having things like esophagitis, none of that's good. Like at some point that could yeah. become something more complex, something more sinister, and I'm in trouble. But I could worry about that and analyze it constantly or just keep doing absolutely everything I can. And part of that for me is obviously like trying to find some good experts to help me with this situation. But whenever I do come back to like breath work, going to bed early, yoga, like it just helps me cope and feel mm. better and then know and then occasionally I, I go, oh, sod it. And I do some things that I know aren't great for me, um, which is now like eating chocolate isn't great for me yeah. because it will create like, you know, reflux and stuff. Um, you sound like Barry White after you've had a bit of chocolate. <laughs> coach your throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But some days I'm just like, I just want to do it. And then I, I experience negative consequences and yeah. And, and then I kind of get back on track for doing it. But just to go back to everybody else in terms of things that you you want to keep an eye on so the the one area that is a little bit gray is is you can have familial hypercholesterolemia where you do have this it's thought to happen in about i think i, I heard the stat was like 25 percent of the population have a hyper responsive um hyper respond to dietary cholesterol but but it's not significant that was the other thing in yeah. terms of your risk of heart disease necessarily yeah. so that's important to make that distinction just because you've got you've got slightly higher cholesterol. Because if you are diagnosed with hypercholesterolemia, you may have to take medication and you may have to change your diet. Some people just have a slightly elevated cholesterol. Like I think I would be one of those people compared to you because even on that pristine diet, I was higher than you. Mm. I was like seven. Yeah. So, um, and that was total cholesterol by the way, but my LDL was quite high. So I maybe am somebody who has like a slightly hyper-responsive um, uh, reaction to, to food. Does that mean I'm going to change anything no, not necessarily, but what it does mean is I'm going to keep an eye on things like C-reactive protein. I will keep an eye on, you know, body composition, blood pressure, all the other different markers. And at some point I might decide, you know, to go for the scan and just see if there is any atherosclerosis or whatever, but obviously manage emotional health and everything else that we've talked about, do my exercise. You want that kind of combination of strength and cardio because also do remember the heart is a muscle. So with my clients who actually have heart disease, one of the things I do is say it's a muscle and we can strengthen a muscle mm. and we strengthen it two ways. It's a combination of cardiovascular exercise. So again, depending on your age, it might be brisk walking, cycling, rowing, running, whatever we can do. And then we also want to strengthen it as a muscle. So resistance training and the two together are going to bring a, a kind of a, a brilliant approach. And then also nutrients um, that help mitochondria work well because the heart is mainly mitochondria which is basically batteries in a cell mm. and they need b vitamins magnesium zinc iron coq10 so if you have heart disease you don't want to be low in iron because you no. want that heart to beat strong yeah. so if there is again if you think about if there is a compromise if we kind of go back to the trying to think which analogy would work best here um i don't know I don't think anything's going to work. So so pick. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to use analogy. But essentially, if we've got compromised 
arteries, they're narrower. They're, and obviously once they're narrowing, then we get higher blood pressure as well. We, we still want to get blood around the body. That's really yeah, important. Yeah. We're delivering nutrition, oxygen. That's how we survive. So if the heart muscle beats stronger, it's going to make that happen more. Um, there is some interesting research on things like carnitine. So I've used carnitine, ribose, sugar, um, CoQ10 as well with clients who are on statins and things. Um, and the carnitine and the and the ribose is like a ribose is like a sugar. Um, it's a source of fuel to the heart mm. muscle, so it can help it to beat strong. So again, it's used in things like chronic fatigue as well for energy. So we want to be able to kind of keep that maintenance. I mean, I, I might be opening the can of worms here. Um, because we're already like 90 minutes deep in this podcast. <laughs> but what about fasting? And Yeah, yeah. So so um, so definitely in terms of it would just have all those normal benefits done in the context of a really nutritious diet, healthily. Uh, but but yeah, you're right. So what we know is is fasting tends to make mitochondria, um, it, we, we break down damaged mitochondria, so we get rid of damaged batteries. So organs, organs generally in the body have the largest concentration of, of mitochondria because if you think about it, it's the bit of you that needs to work constantly. It's always working. If it's always. a gland, it's always making a hormone. If it's your brain, it's always going. If it's your heart, it's always beating. So it needs more batteries. Tell me, I know my brain's always going. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Never shuts up. So the mitochondria, if we fast, tend to, um, we break down the broken batteries and get rid of them and we build mm -hmm. new ones. We clear out all damaged elements of cells. So there's a good chance we will start to clear out if there is like some degree of tissue damage going on as a result of, you know, the kind of, factors that are causing heart disease it's going to be beneficial but then also fasting and exercise together we build bigger mitochondria because the kind of it's stressing the body and the body's going i need to be able to create energy better mm. more efficiently so i'm going to have bigger mitochondria so they fuse mitochondria together as well so yeah you're right definitely time restricted eating if nothing else but it kind of more severe dangerous stages again working with a, a professional here so that could be a medical professional yeah. or a functional medicine doctor or a nutritionist you might want to do something more advanced with the fasting in terms of like shorter eating windows mm. alternate day fasting to get the weight down yeah and you'll see changes in blood sugars triglycerides which are i do often say to everyone to really compare things like your um hdl triglyceride ratio is really important because that's actually a marker of insulin resistance um, there's a, a website called the blood code where you can put that in and then get your risk. And I had one client whose cholesterol went up slightly as he lost a lot of weight, but that marker came right down. Like, I think it was like a 60% decrease from like, you're in the red to the green. Yeah. Um, so it was really helpful to show him that because he was like, my cholesterol's gone up only from like 5.5 .5 to five to six or something. I was like, it's still not high. You know, when we are seeing, we're seeing really high now with yeah. some of the kind of low carbs and stuff. And then on the kind of side of um, the other thing that can affect it is dairy. So I've definitely seen, I just saw that with my mum and dad, yeah. that they were putting like a pint of cream in a coffee, that kind of going down the route of like keto and bulletproof and all that stuff. When we were all experimenting yeah. and their cholesterol doubled from six to 12 and then they took it out and it came back down to six. So they obviously have like a, and you can have someone saturated fat sensitivity where that same thing happens. But a lot of the research suggests it does tend to be more butter than actually like um, other fats in your diet. So it won't necessarily happen with almond butter. Look at me cherry picking peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> what other butters do I like? <laughs> yeah. So no, it does tend to be more butter. And actually butter and cream seem to be um, have a bigger effect than everyone worries about meat and eggs, but it's actually the butter and cream 
And mm. again, a small amount is probably fine. But if you're concerned, then you can definitely take those out. There's many other alternatives that you can have. But it's rarely ever the things like the, the eggs and the meat. And then one study, they fed people, this was a controlled trial, two to four eggs daily, no change, no significant change to cholesterol whatsoever. Mm. So I wouldn't be worried about those sorts of things. Everyone often says, yeah, but how many eggs a week? And I'm like, context is everything. I wouldn't yeah. be worried if you're having two a day, three a day, four a day. There's a woman who lived to, do you remember, 120? And she had, she swears two eggs a day was why she lived that long. Because she got, it was emphysemia, I think she got. That was what I was thinking that your stepdad had. Um, from working in a factory as a teenager. And then she moved to the mountains, hiked every day and ate two raw eggs, egg yolks and said, I think it's the egg yolks. And that was a doctor told her to have that. Because oh, yeah. it ate some multivitamin and B, the choline would be really good for the kind of lining of the lungs. Because choline is, is um, it's, not an, it's not a vitamin here yet. It is in America. But anyway, it's really important for cells. Do you say choline? Colleen. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that before? I'm sure we've done that on the podcast. You probably have. <laughs> Colleen. Um, anyway, so you might want to be like check your dairy intake, but it's be more if you're going crazy with dairy. Yeah. You know, like I said, sometimes I'd go around to my mum's after I said butter's good and she would like said put a whole block of carry gold on some cabbage and go dinner's ready and i'd be like mom like <laughs> i'm gonna have to have like two pieces of cabbage now because you've literally made this like a trillion calories as well like so there's a weight element to it it's mm. like delicious stuff of course um but yeah so I, that's where i would go with the, that side and then if you are doing something like low carb carnivore i would just keep an eye on those markers um, and so I would run the tests. So you'd want, you could use Thriver, MediChex, private health tests to make sure you're keeping an eye on what is going on with the cholesterol markers, especially the LDL. Um, and then just, just let me finish with a couple of markers. The only reason I want, I want to get this out is I'll, I'll, we'll finish and I'll go, I didn't say this. A couple of markers, if you are concerned, is really, there are now tests that look at the size and particle number is going to be more relevant in terms of your risk. Um, and you can measure something called ApoB, which we now think is kind of looking at more of the number of cholesterol particles. And if that's high, there has been this correlation made between an increased risk. Mm -hmm. And so, again, then you would revisit diet. But again, you'd be thinking insulin resistance. You know, am I doing it? Generally, it's, you know, we always say this. <laughs> if what you're doing has led to this, probably do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so if you are like low carb, chugging back, you know, butter in your coffee and it's led to this, then there's a good chance that changing that and doing the opposite is going to be helpful. But I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, the, the, let's be honest, there's a lot of different diets out there. There's a lot of different approaches to nutrition. You know, it, it, it's not a case of like right and wrong. You know, there's always an element of preference. But at the end of the day, like the the, the markers don't lie. You know, the data doesn't lie. Like if you are having blood tests and stuff, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it might just mean that, you know, it's just, that's just not quite working for you. Yeah. But with the the fact that I think carnivore is very in at the moment, it's very popular and, you know, and, and, and we're all for it because we we know some people that it's worked wonders for. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and 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 I think this is the thing, like everything has a place, you know. And, does and we, it, we do ask Tommy about this, by the way, on the next yeah, podcast like, because, it, you know, is it, like I think everyone has that concern, you know, what are you missing nutrient-wise? But then, you know, I know of people who've, I think the longest is like there's someone who's been on it for over 10 years and and like it's the only thing that works for them. Yeah. So you never want to take that off an individual if no. they get, and this is what my argument is when it comes to the kind of vegan meat eaters debating and attacking each other. It's like if someone goes down an approach and gets 
quality of life back. Why would you attack them for yeah. that? You know, it's, leave it's, them be. Yes. <laughs> and both fronts, you know, if someone goes vegan and feels amazing, leave them be. It's, if they're not and they want help, of course, help. But I think just to kind of go back to, if you, you know, if, if you are in that kind of position and have to do that type of diet, it's good to probably work with somebody so that you're just checking all For of sure. those, your risks essentially. And, and yeah, absolutely. Sure. Like, you know, and, and that just makes sense. But like for me, it was like, I know a lot of people that have gone carnivore, for example, and, you know, you've only got to look on social media and you find carnivore pages or you find carnivore people that are, you know, are quite influential in many respects. And and then all of a sudden people are like, I'm going to go carnivore. And they go from kind of like whatever their diet was before to literally like smashing untold meat, slathered in butter, yeah, yeah. you know, and all of a sudden it's like, it's, it's a real drastic change, like one extreme to the other. And and I think like you know do do a bit more research like Kerry said like get get some bloods done you know see what you're working with you know and actually stay on top of things and I think I I know I said this in the next episode with Tommy but that's what I love about Sean Baker he's very much kind of like this is what I do because it works for me like I feel great on this like and he even says I never told anyone to drink fat like I think that's a bit crazy he says that yeah, yeah. no, he's, no he's, big, he's big on that yeah. he's big on like you know like people like just like almost like necking when when in history have we drank fat like, yeah you know it's just like we don't do but that. He, he you know his catalyst for going onto the carnivore diet was uh, if i'm not mistaken it was like arthritis, arthritis. Yeah, yeah you know and that's something that you'll often see like a lot of people that have been doing it for some time started to do it because they had a really good reason to to go down that road you know in terms of like 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 arthritis like inflammation generally and um Whereas like a lot of people now are just doing it because it's like either they want to get shredded or yeah yeah or whatever it might be. <laughs> it kind of appeals to them. Like what you mean? I can just eat steak and burgers and yeah. and be healthy. I can do that. The simplicity of it. Yeah, you know, gotcha. It's, it's, it Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I was doing carnivore-ish with you, and it was just it was a breeze because I just like would cook a load of meat. Yeah, yeah. And then just be like, oh, I'll have a bit of that. I'll have a bit of that. Like it was fantastic. And then I got lazy when you would be away, and then you'd come back, and I'd be like. Got me your salad for God's sake. <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm so a, used to just sticking, sticking I, stuff in the air fryer. I'm a bit like that with salads now. I'm a bit like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I've got this. time for this. Yeah, anybody got time for that? Um, uh, there is one more point I just want to make on the so the other thing that kind of comes up with heart disease is like, oh, what's the best diet for it? And then the one that tends to be mentioned time and time again, whatever website you're on, if you Google it, is the Mediterranean diet. But one of the things I'd say about that, it's not bad if you kind of are doing the Mediterranean diet in yeah. terms of, okay, I'm eating five to 10 servings of fruit and vegetables. There's um, some whole grains, there's some um, legumes, so lentils, chickpeas. I'm using olive oil for cooking. Where it goes wrong for me is it's like meat once a month is the actual definition by Walter Willett, who, by the way, is uh, plant-based and very much tied in with lots of plant-based companies paid lots of money by the nut industry really <laughs> like millions <These> nuts. <laughs> yeah. so we're back to procter and gamble again do you see what i mean so i'd take whatever he says with i wouldn't even listen to it to be fair it's just like there's no he doesn't declare any of it and that's the mm. biggest where everyone goes mad about him because he will not declare his bias and that he's paid by all of these food companies who yeah. promote plant-based foods so his definition of the Mediterranean diet is meat once a month and dairy, I think it's like two times a week and only sheeps and goats and stuff. But when you look around the world and, and then the blue zones are also cited as people who don't, you know, they live the longest. So, you know, we should be following them when it comes to things like heart disease and uh, the, all the other things. But I just think, you know, it's a whole foods diet. For most people, by the way, balance is going to be fine. It's it's when we've got some kind of metabolic dysregulation, some gut dysfunction, some autoimmunity, that we then have to go down the route of like 
you know, kind of carnivore, keto, whatever. And it does work, you know, it, it, it will work for some people. So in that case, it's like risk management has to just take place. But for most people, that, that kind of real foods, whole foods, balanced diet, the odd occasional processed food to celebrate something, um, you know, fine. But it's funny, even with Christmas, like, you know, I was saying to you, like the calendar's coming out and stuff. So we're already justifying eating some shit every day. (laughs) Have you seen the calendars now? They're not just a chocolate. There's like chocolate bars in advent calendars now. And like whole pots of, um, I think I even saw a nut butter one, which is like a pot of nut butter every day. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, this has gone crazy again. Like we don't need... I used to be happy opening a window and seeing a reindeer. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. was, there was nothing in my calendar. To be fair, and though, now like, it's like treat, 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 treat. Yeah, but and that's the thing. It's like, you know, oh god, this could be a whole bloody episode. But it's you a know, hot chocolate one, or it's a different hot chocolate every day. Yeah, but the thing is, like, there's nothing wrong with an advent calendar, right? And having like a little oh, you, bit. Oh, you had a whiskey one. Do you remember? Oh yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah. But last year, someone got you a whiskey one. It was a shot of whiskey every day. But to be fair, I didn't have a shot of whiskey every day. No, you didn't. No. I, you know, certainly. Not in the morning, anyway. The thing um, is, as well, I'm not like berating anyone if they, no, no, if they want to do that. But I think always remember temptation. But temptation, I would be if someone brought me a nut butter shot of Malibu calendar, I'd want that every morning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I'd say Malibu. But, that's the only thing I could drink as a shot. What I was going to say was, is like you know, we are all about that balance. We are all about having that a bit of what you fancy. But I think what's important here is that often at certain times of year, you know, there there are we 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 justify things more, you know, and it's and it's often these things are done on top of the things that we're having already. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like an instead of. No. You know, people aren't having a, an advent calendar chocolate instead of you know whatever else. You know, it's normally like I said, it's normally as well as. But at Christmas, it's like, ah, it's Christmas. Birthday, ah, oh, it's my birthday. Holiday, ah, oh, I'm on holiday. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like, oh, it's the school holidays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it is like, and again, by it's all means. It's, it's It's the weekend. It's Friday. It's the weekend, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by all means, like, you know, have those treats, enjoy a bit of what you fancy, but ultimately, like, there needs to be an element of balance and control. Yeah, Always. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can justify it all we want, but the reality is, like, it just can't happen. No. Like there needs to be that balance at any time of year. Um, and just come back, one final point on the Mediterranean diet, the blue zones is so many people who studied this, it's argued about a lot. There are so many other factors in their lifestyle. So when we're thinking about Mediterranean diet, which by the way, I don't think exists anymore from what I've seen in the Mediterranean. It's like, we've yeah. said this before, it's like a croissant, a shot of some kind of white, what do they call it? Um, spirit. Schnapps Moons, or something. No, but like moonshine, moonshine. and stuff. Um, and a croissant like as in we've seen people oh know, yeah, yeah we yeah. see this in portugal we were in france and i was like yeah. oh god it's coffee and a fag you know in france <laughs> and i'm like where is this mediterranean diet that these people speak of even when we went to assisi do you remember and the home of bachi yeah and you think in fact my aunt lived there and she was just like the way the diet has changed it's insane everyone was just in coffee shops in the morning having pastries bachi <laughs> and coffee and spirits weren't yeah. they and we were like, wow. Um, it's like I like a, like a batchy chocolate. Batch. So I could so easily get carried away with having one of them for breakfast. But anyway, I don't, I don't go there for that reason. But the Mediterranean diet, what I also think is you have religion. You know, um, they are much more or were much Commun- more community. active. Community. Like um, they're much more active in terms of step count, um, being outside. Most of them are manual, more manual labor, mm. maybe farming, that type of stuff. Um, siestas. 
sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> sunlight has such a massive impact on heart health and blood pressure. There is a brilliant paper called... And probably less stressed. Yeah. There's a brilliant paper called um, Is Sunscreen the New Margarine? If you go, Written by the universities about the benefits of sunlight way beyond vitamin D. And it's so good and why we probably... Not saying that we shouldn't wear sunscreen, but I definitely wouldn't be wearing sunblock every day like I know no. some people do. Um, even with cancer, it talks about the fact that people get cancers on the soles of their feet and their palms of their hands, skin cancer, that never see sunlight. Sun, yeah. Um, especially ethnic minorities. So there's a big thing about when ethnic minorities move from hot climates to that colder. That's a good point, though, right? They get skin cancer. Why, why can't you get tanned palms? You must get, I don't know, to be fair. There's just less melanin in there, I think. Because, like, I'm going to yeah. try this next one on holiday. Do you want to palms? I'm going to sunbathe with my palms up <laughs> see what happens. You banned me from doing fake tan for that reason, my tanned palms. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't tanned palms, it was tanned wrists and fingernails. Wrist, wrist palms and ankles. <laughs> yeah, and you were like, just stop doing it, it just yeah. looks daft. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of, I think we've pretty much covered everything. As I've said, I hope, hope people are... You know, maybe we've created more questions than answers, in which case, obviously, get in touch. But well, I think most of the things maybe, that we maybe recommend... That, maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, true. ask these questions. Yeah. You know, it's... I would look at, in no particular order, your marriage, your job, your breakfast. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but it comes back to that like, thing we say over and over again. It's, it's never one thing. No. And and, and often, like, you know, we, we try and isolate a, a certain part of our life, our lifestyle, as, as being the problem. Or the reason, but it, it's, I don't think it's ever the case. I think yeah. it's, it's that accumulation, it's that knock-on effect, you know. What foods are you eating when you're grieving, when you're sad, when you're stressed? It's probably not a chicken salad. Uh, no, no. You know, so, and then and then what's the knock-on effect from having those foods? Yeah, I mean, know? we haven't even talked about alcohol. Oh, and, you know, God, we haven't even talked about alcohol. Everyone knows, do you know what I mean? You know if alcohol's a problem, but also there is this, I should probably say there's this, you know, the reputation of red wine for heart health. Mm. I think we did mention this. We're going to do a whole one on alcohol, sorry. Won't yeah. go into it, but you know, a small amount of alcohol seems to be beneficial for some people, not essential, probably because the effect it has on their nervous system. Mm. And if you can have a small amount of alcohol, it just says a lot about you, doesn't it? Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's going to be part of a. It's, it means you can exercise healthy restraint. I love that term because yeah. it's been used in studies to show when you compare people who are, who are constantly on a diet with people who have healthy restraint, their healthy restrainters have way less. As in, like their body composition is mm. better, waist circumference is less, their cortisol levels are less. They just have overall better biomarkers. But again, and then the dieters don't. But it's balance once more. Mm. You know, it's like you know you're able to you know enjoy some drinks with your friends. Yeah. You get that real that that social yeah, yeah. element as well. But like for us, and again, like we'll, we'll, we'll cover this in the alcohol uh, episode. But it's for me, I get to a point where I'm like. I, I don't want this to have a negative impact on my tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, I, I value my days off, like, you know, with, with you and I want to in, enjoy those and feel good. And me, uh, I'll be at a point where I'm like, well, me having, not having any more drinks now isn't going to mean I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a crap night. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, still yeah. going to have a great time, but I'm actually, but I'm not going to feel like shite tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get out. and, and With and everything, it is that, you know, in the moment, everything feels good. Mm. Fast forward, it's, it's the long-term benefit that we're not good at. And that can be 24 hours ahead, but it could also be a lot of the things that feel uncomfortable now that we have to do for our health 
don't benefit us until, you know, essentially we're working on our 20, 30, 40 mm. year goals, you know, in, in that yeah. sense, like trying not to get a chronic disease. If, if we were, it's My sad thing is if we were taught this as teenagers, I, I was speaking to someone about this last week, because we do now know that like what you drink as a teenager affects as a woman your risk of breast cancer. Oh, no. And it's like, if we'd have been told that, like, would I have done things differently? I don't know, but I like to think I would have liked the information. Even when I had acne, if someone had told me that, you know, I could go down the route of antibiotics and mm. the pill and probably screw up my hormones and gut for a long time, or I could rethink, you know, the chips from the cafeteria, the yeah. chips and gravy, the sausage rolls on the way home and the, you know, the chocolate bars, the Maltesers, <laughs> listed it all down, yeah. do you know what I mean? And it was that that time in my life when I was basically kind of slipping from my parents' control in terms of they had less control over what I was eating. And then you start to experiment with alcohol and it's just downhill, isn't it, after that? Do you know what I mean? As in I'm trying to, my mum would make me a breakfast and I'd chuck it over the head. Yeah. And she'd sometimes go like, I've got this, like take it for your lunch. And I'd like, I've got, oh no, mom, I can't like defrost beef stew at school. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like defrost a beef uh -huh. stew at school and like, no way. I want to have chips and gravies like everybody else. Chips and gravies? Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because at school, like I, because like, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned a few times before, like I was quite health conscious as a teenager. So I used to be the one that... Such a sign of confidence, though, as well. I think it's because you're just so hot that you could do that. Babes, you're full of compliments today. <laughs> yeah, but I just... I don't know many teens that would have the confidence to do that and go... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, like I said, I've never been one to give in to peer pressure. Yeah, you, you know, do. like even when all my mates were drinking, I didn't drink. Um, you know, I was quite quite late, a late comer to alcohol, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, now it's game over. <laughs> uh, yeah, now. Making up for lost time. Um but same with like my, like my nutrition, it was important to me, yeah. you know, so I used to have like a... Because you're already into exercise and strength yeah, training. you know, so. and, and I remember all the teachers always used to, to comment on my lunches. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, because I used to have like, um, I used to have like, you know, like, because even then I was yeah. big on protein. I've got I used this to, image of, you know, the old school lunchbox of like you opening something like a, a kind of Thundercats lunchbox and then it's got like boiled eggs in one corner, carrot sticks in another. <laughs> like, is this You're right? Oh, really? Okay, well, go on. Bear in mind, I was in secondary school at this point. I right. think my Thundercat days oh, right. were over. <laughs> I was like, what's that <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, it was a straight up, like, lunchbox. Tupperware. Okay. Tupperware, that's it. And um, even back then, though, like, you know, I was big on protein because yeah. I, I was training and all the magazines, like, protein, protein. So, I mean, my favourite was, like, chicken and pickle sandwiches, Okay, yeah. yeah. Wholemeal bread offs. Yeah. Um, but, like, absolutely wedged with chicken, do you know what I mean, because of the protein. Um, <laughs> the bread was inside the chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah it was the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But I used to have, like, like you know, like peppers, carrots, cucumber sticks, oh, all, nice. all of that. Yeah. Um, and I'd have, like, uh, like, nut bars and stuff, which, you know, you could say, like, now, like, looking back, like, oh, you know, there was a lot of bread, there was a lot of stuff, but... When oh, you no, could, could compare been, it to like yeah. the school canteen, yeah, yeah, it was it was much better. And then your nan said she used to get you get in and she'd do this giant platter of cucumber, carrots, celery. That was, like, that was like, a, like almost like an appetizer when you got in from school. Whereas yeah. everyone else, I used to have like just toast, toast and toast and toast. Yeah. Oh, bless my nan. Yeah. Oh. Toast and then like had big fun sized bags of chocolate and I just went my way through all of that. And like I said, and then you break out in acne and then it's like yeah. now go and get some antibiotics, like terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so, so yeah. Like, I was always like, you know, that was a very rarely did I have a, I mean, 
the only time I'd have a school dinner is if like I happened to find a, a, a lunch token on the floor that someone had dropped <laughs> and I was still hungry. So yeah. I was like, I'll just go and get some chicken wings and chips or something like that. Like I'd still have it like, but that was rare. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I didn't get like lunch tokens because uh, I brought my own lunch. But like I said, every now and again, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> oh, no, that's amazing. But yeah, you need to go into schools and... And like inspire. Should I? Yeah. I'll probably just like troll. What was it? Heckle me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, what do you know? know. Anyway, um, anyway, this was a long one. Yeah. I got a feeling I'm gonna message me editor and say split this in two. Do you reckon? Do you think a part one, part two. Okay. I suppose actually people can pause it, come back to it. Yeah. You ain't got to listen to it all in one go, are they? No, that's true. He'll probably charge us for two episodes, though. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone, well, can someone sponsor us for this? <laughs> and then we can yeah. just talk as much as we like. Because actually, just, it just, it, do, do the more we, we talk, do? the more it costs us. Like, yeah. We should probably yeah. shut up. Like. We, what we should do instead, actually, instead of reaching out to, like, companies that we... Because we've always said, like, we would only ever... We spoke about this the other day, didn't we? If we had yeah. a sponsor, it would have to be legit. It'd be someone that we genuinely have a product or a service that we stand by. Yeah. Not just because they're willing to pay us some money like for the podcast but why don't we just like put it out there say look like if anyone wants to <laughs> wants to shout us for an episode like any of our listeners oh a different sponsor every what every time yeah well, we could just give the, instead of like oh this this podcast is brought to you by a company it'd be like a person oh really yeah, oh, I see. yeah that's a good idea <laughs> this episode was brought to you by uh chris marsden yeah but uh... you know what and they could dictate the topic they want can you talk about you know ultra marathons or something and then they pay us, and then we just go away, do some research, come back and talk. No, 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 no don't go like that, Rose, because then it could just get really random. Okay, <laughs> couldn't it? <laughs> um, Maybe not. But hope you enjoyed that, guys. It was lovely chatting to you, Kerry. Yeah, it was nice chatting with you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as always, any questions about anything we've covered or anything at all for that matter, please do get in touch. I yeah, mean, if you, I was going to say, if you do have topics that you would like covered, please let us know. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, you know, like it, it does. Just going with it. <laughs> it. It does guide us on the yeah, podcast yeah. and stuff because you know, like if we'll get like a few. A few like like social media messages, and we're like, oh, you know, a few people have asked this now. Oh, let's do a let's do a podcast on it or, or whatever. So yeah, please do reach out. But wherever you are in the world, have a lovely day, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>